Yes, you are now listening to the sound of Sports Reports is ordered. And I'm still looking for Lou Holtz. He going to drop Ohio State down five spots and think he can get away with that. But tonight, we watching the sorry-ass commanders getting it done to them by the Bears getting treated like a bunch of meatballs. You know what I'm saying? Then we got some more NFL picks, some college picks, some get it off my chest. Sports reports is ordered is here. I am 2-5. And that's Mr. Logical. Jersey stand up. Yeah. So Mr. Logical, what? is the word the word is justin fields heard all the chatter and was like oh i took that personally oh did you see this oh i don't like that face no 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 i don't want that no face. no look look no no look real quick like uh so justin fields you know third down throwing the pass and awkward catch like Yeah, he's still on the ground like they, you know, they had to go to commercial. But, you know, Khalil Herbert, you know, uh, so maybe we'll see my guy Rashawn Johnson, you know, rest in peace, Dick Buckus, you know. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we're here, you know, Sports Reports is ordered back, you know, saying yeah. back in full effect. And That's it is that time all, of show. You know, out of town. Had to, had to go yes. out of town a little bit, you know. You know sometimes you just yep. got to recharge your battery. I took yep, my yep. opportunity over the last week to do just that, get some of that fresh mountain air, yep. a lot of beer. Shout out to the Garrett, <laughs> my family out in Utah. Go. Yes, shout Jack out to Heather, the 48th Jeff. Rescue Squadron. Matt, Chanel, Presley, Liam, you know what I mean, my squad. Aunt Boogie, sure. you know you didn't link up with me. It's cool. Uh, Come on, Boogie. Get off my chest chest before we get what we got. Uh, Yo, really, like, mine is simple. Mine is simple. Uh, Boxing, you're in a situation right now where you're getting the big fights. You're getting the attention. And then the other guys that should be trying to make equally as big fights in between these other big fights be making these little fights. Like, I don't care who got the belt. The UFC style. Chael Sonnen was just calling people out in post-fight interviews of fights he wasn't even a part of. It was getting championships. Now, I mean, so it's like, sometimes you just got to make the fight for the fans. Whether it's Davis and, and like, yeah, like, Tank Davis and Shakur, Shakur or Haney. Haney. Like, just make it happen. Like, I don't care about the belts. Tia FOMO. You guys are the most popular guys, the most social media guys. The Ryan Garcia tank rematch, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you do it. You do it to where, because I know, like, the catch weight apparently through Ryan Garcia off. We'll do it. Make it a little different so the fans see one thing. Charlo, like, listen, you just ran around the ring for 36 minutes with – Candelo Alvarez, 
And then you talking about you want to take on a guy that we just watched beat a man half to death in the ring. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. Like Caleb Plant, he smacked the other twin in the face before the Bud Spence fight. That's off the rip. That's fodder for them to fight. If anybody never seen the movie called The Great White Hype, Samuel Jackson, Damon Wayans, I think Peter Berg, uh, it's a couple of actors, mid-90s movie. Basically, Samuel Jackson was the Don King character, and he drummed up like basically a three-fight combo for the people. Like he set it up to where one guy, you know, got hit, whatever, whatever. But he, he, he took advantage of the hype that comes along with boxing and maximize it. These guys are in a hype window right now, and people are being picky. Like, I want 60-40. I want this. I want that. I'm like, get out there and fight. Your buzz will go crazy because people are just like, the Earl Spence Bud Crawford fight had people clamoring for another dope fight. And then we got the Canelo Charlo, and it's like, man, if this Francis Nagano Tyson Fury thing flops, people gonna fall off from boxing because everybody else is gonna start to peel back. They're gonna start getting real conservative. Strike while the iron's hot. I mean, it's not just a catchphrase; it's like a real thing. You can well, do. wasn't it uh, Haney uh, had a chance to fight Shakur, but then he went up and wait or something? Yeah, but I'm like, I think that's that's kind of the nuance of the, of the boxing rules about like who you have to fight, when you have to defend it. Just ignore all that. Sit down and say, like, yo, let's get this money because people want to buy. It's like when they release Jordans back to back to back to back. People going to be in line for that. But if you release one in June and then you give me a bunch of bogus colorways from July to November, yeah, I might line up in December for it. Right. Did it get it up? I might line up in December for it. But you had me from June to November. You didn't give me anything. Give me something then. And I think boxing is in that window. And I think they're going to squander it by not putting guys out there to really fight. This this last fight, like this three grown, two grown men in the ring for 36 minutes. And neither one of them looked like they got, they've been in a fight for 36 minutes. Yeah. And I, and, and, you know, I thought he got knocked down, but he took the knee on his own. I think it was the now seventh he got round. Rocked. Yeah, he got well, rocked. he got rocked, but I'm saying he took the knee though. He didn't get knocked down. He got rocked, but then he just went down to a knee on his own to avoid what, I, what was coming. What next. I think it was, I think he probably took a he probably took a mean hook through the guard early on in the fight and realized like, oh, Canelo is like this is this is the weight that Canelo has been needing to fight at his whole career. I think he realized that early on. Like, yo, I'm yeah. not going to be able to knock this dude out. <laughs> he hit me hard as hell through my guard because I didn't see any clean shots. Granted, I was drinking moonshine and, and apple juice, but I don't recall too many clean shots from either boxer. But I do recall, like, literally, dude just ran around. Well, Canelo definitely rounds. landed some. He definitely landed some. But like, after he would land one, Charlo would just run. And Canelo yeah. was like, I think Canelo realized, like, yo, this dude's going to run for me this whole fight. So I'm just going well, to win the thing. all remember, every single round. Well, remember we were talking about Georgia and South Carolina, and I said something to the effect of uh, Shane Beamer, when he plays Georgia, he almost plays not to get embarrassed versus trying to win. So I think Charlo at some point made a decision of, 
I'm not getting knocked out, you know, because like I said, I think Canelo did rock him really good. He took the knee to get the break, you know, and after that, it was like no mas. Like we're just going to get through this fight. Matt, that was probably the only clean shot I can really recall that came through the guard and everything clean. There was no blood. There was no swelling. It just was legitimately he caught a few punches through the guard. I guess I'm not going to front like I can go out there for 36 minutes and box anybody at any weight. But if that's what you train to do and you did all this promotion, and you had people paying $89.99 for this fight or people wanted paying whatever they're paying, you got to put on the show. Your, your next fight is already devalued by the way you performed in this one. And then right. with the people around you not generating a buzz, that brings it down even more because the Spence-Crawford fight was up here because people were just like, we've never seen a, like, we haven't seen a fight like that in a minute where, right. like, two champs and one just dominates the other one. So just strategically, it wasn't like he caught him with like a lucky hook, like Rockman caught Lennox Lewis and it was a rap. It was like, or like the Anthony Ruiz. Be more. It was like when he really chopped them up, like, oh, boom, 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 hit him with the strong jab. And I think it was such a buzz off of that that everybody should have been trying to get the big fight for the rest of the summer. And like, right. no one did. And we're not going to care. I'm telling you, people, we got. NBA, you got the NFL in full effect. It's shaping up to be dope. We'll talk about that. Then you have NBA basketball coming back. We got Dane Little trade. We got the Drew Holiday trade. We got people moving. It's not going to be a lot of buzz for anything outside of that from man November to February. You have yeah, the you got summer. Super Bowl coming up. National titles coming up. You College know, hockey's going to be hockey starting their red zone channel. Rolling and writing the March Madness. Oh, this is stuff that, that just generates a buzz for people. And it's like, yo, I don't know if the money is really clouding people that much, but let's keep it a B. If you're a promoter and you have $30 million in your bank account and $30 million in assets, why are you penny pinching this fight so you can get four more million dollars? Put the right. fight on and watch what happens. Put the fight right. on to where I want to pay for the rematch. Give me that fight. I want to see the Bud Crawford Spence rematch. I don't want him to fight somebody else because we we've had that before. Where it's like we want to see the rematch of the fight we just saw. Nah, he gonna fight this other dude that no one cares about other than the WBO or WBC or whatever the case may be. I'm not I'm just. I mean, I'm like I think you're in the entertainment business. And we were talking earlier about the Rock's people's elbow. The Rock did the people's elbow yesterday. He's been doing that move for 25 years. It was equally as exciting yesterday as it was in 1998 because. Because the buzz, the buzz when, when he kicked, when he when he when you land down there flat and he kicked that arm, people go crazy. Like when Kanye hit that one key or runaway, ding, and people go nah. eight. It's just one of those things. Box nah. doesn't people have that. Died for me in like oh three. Listen, call it what you want. People want bananas last night for it. Two five. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but that's just me. My, I'm saying is like, listen, strike while the iron's hot. Get the big fights. Take take less of the, of the split and get more on the back end. Do the Floyd, Floyd Mayweather did it. He was like, I'm going to make these fights. Y'all want to see me lose? Cool. I'm going to fight the next guy y'all think is going to beat me, and I'm going to get all this money. But he made the fight. He made it happen. People say it was too many years too late, but every single time he made a fight, no one's beat him. Bought it. 
yeah, and people bought it. You know, yeah. So, you know, I get it. You know, I want to see, we talked about it. Like, I want to see somebody do a double main event and all that. Like, make it like a wrestling card. Like, just have a super card. Oh. Every 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 five years, every five years, just have a super card. Like, the best every of the best years. from each weight class. From, from each weight class, just have the best number one and number two contenders go at it on one pay-per-view. You know, like, uh, you know, it could be heavyweight, lightweight, middleweight. Get you the know, celebrities you, you, you there don't get, You don't got to get to the bantam weight and all that stuff, but, you know. Get the celebrities just, in Vegas at 7, 8 o'clock in the arena with the $100,000 seats because the co-main event is Joshua Wilder. And the main and event you can is have, Tyson Fury versus Mike Tyson. Well, I don't know. Whatever you got to do. But and like, then you can have Adrian Broner. Then you can have Broner on the undercard. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, give me Keith yeah. Thurman and Danny Garcia or something. And all, and all these guys can clamor for it. But it's like, listen, man, we're about to make a billion dollars. Right. I, I think a four, if you Easy. have four headliners and you just had them go by weight class. I real realistically think they could split. They could probably split six hundred million dollars. I think people would. I think with people like people who are well, into what the, I was reading, I think Canelo made fifty just 50. off of this fight. Yeah, just off of this fight, you know. So like, yeah, that's definitely possible. But so you got you got to yeah. want it. Yep. So yeah. So get it off my chest. So you know what I hate. I hate when you support somebody and you support something and they do just enough to get you to buy in. And then the moment it hits the fan, they just forget everything that they stood for. So, you know, like I'm all about speaking up, speaking out. If you feel something wrong is going on, you state it. And you say it loudly and you say it to the people that you feel are committing the wrongs or some people who are endorsing the wrongs. So we saw this man not looking for attention because I hate attention. I don't look for attention. I just get it because people think I'm cool, I guess. But, you know, this guy was sitting on the bench, minding his business, even rocking some pig socks. And everybody was wondering what he was doing, but he never said anything. And then he finally got asked the question and he said, I'm standing up to police brutality and I'm tired of seeing black and brown faces suffer these tragedies and all this. So like, who wouldn't be on board with that? You know what I mean? So like, okay, got the buy-in. Then, you know, his homeboys left him out to dry because none of them either wanted to speak up or they would say, oh, we're going to have a demonstration or we're going to do something this weekend. And then they would like lock arms with the owner or whatever, the same owner <laughs> that was treating them like shit and like, you know, everything else. So then like, you know, he started calling the league like a plantation and all this kind of stuff. He yeah, lost that same owner also was blocking uh, black kids from integrating schools, but keep going. Yeah, he blocked. He, 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 he lost me with the Fidel Castro shirt. You know, like at that point, you were just doing things just to like just to get attention at that point and to upset people for no other reason other than to upset people. But I was like, OK, you know what I mean? OK, so, you know, he got blackballed 
John Elway got caught lying and nobody even brings it up anymore. He got caught lying talking about we offered this dude a contract and he said no because he didn't want to be a backup. That was not true. And he got away with that. So, you know, so he went to court, collusion with his guy, Eric Reed or whatever, got paid out by the NFL. I still don't know how much he got paid. But then he came back out. Yeah, he came back out a few years later had a tryout and the NFL tried to screw him, you know? So this is where I'm about to piss off Mr. Logical because his boy Jigga, you know, came into the league and got all cool and, you know, rubbing elbows business wise and everything like that. And allegedly got Kaepernick this tryout, but they called the man on a Tuesday and was like, yo, be here Saturday. And then you can't record nothing. We're going to provide the receivers. And I'm like, okay, if I don't trust you, Who's to say you're not going to just bring some receivers out here that's going to drop my passes and make me look bad or whatever the case may be. Then he moved to practice somewhere else and, you know, everybody got pissed off. Stephen A. Smith went off and that got the whole T.O. beef started. All that happened. So now we fast forward. 2023. It's been seven years, dog. And he's writing letters to the New York Jetropolitans asking for a spot with Mark Davis as a reference, you know, like with people in the 49ers organization as references, like he's actually applying for an HR job or something like that. And, and J Cole made it public for whatever reason. I don't know why he made it public, but my whole thing is like, okay, you said this place was a plantation. They were, they weren't supporting the players. They weren't backing black people up. They weren't doing enough to help the black community. And you keep begging for a handout to go back. So then The Rock, you know, comes out and is like, yo, I got a spot for you in the XFL. And I said years ago, go to the CFL. Because my idea was you just love football and you want to play the sport. You don't have to be in the NFL to play football. That ain't true. You know, so what I hate is when someone starts out with so much potential and then they just disappoint you like everybody else. Well, that's where like you're that's when you're your two five realm. I'm gonna go ahead and play devil's advocate. My thing yeah, is okay. this. my thing with, with Kaepernick <laughs> is this is that you you publicly said like you called it called it a plantation, you referred to you know coaches, owners. That tryout was moved on his own. It's just that the NFL, especially recently, has been coming under a lot of scrutiny, a lot of, you know, allegations, guys having to sell their team, you know, mismanagement of team, people getting sued, concussions. They have come over, like, and dealt with a whirlwind of controversy. And then when it it comes down to it, when that whistle blows, man, they don't need you on the field. And I think he's he's when he had leverage, he gave it up very early on. And I knew mm-hmm. from then he wasn't gonna like, and that's the thing. I don't know who's sitting at the table. This is something I say dealing with like uh I mean well, like I right think, now, so working in a military it, organization. But that's I don't the think he thing. it through. Like Everybody, he just did something. I'm not supposed to be able to think all of my things through if I have a board of directors. If I have people in my corner, somebody should be sitting at the table. Like I, I, I reference uh, an argument. Well, no, that not I had the NFL. I'm argument. talking about him. No, 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 no. Him, him, his table, his group of people. 
his board, his his personal board of directors. It's like, like I said, I use this as a reference when I was dealing with like my military time, and even now, it's like who's sitting at the table telling the person at the head of the table, or someone's coming up with this idea at the table, like, yo, hold on, I don't think that's a good idea. Let's think this through. I don't think anybody was in at his table telling him, like, yo, don't opt out of this contract you have with the 49ers. Because it was a favorite, it was a team-friendly deal already. It was over a hundred million dollar deal. Like, so when you opt out of that in the middle of a controversy that brings this much attention, is like, I don't need you to get me 20 touchdowns and eight picks and whatever the case may be, because I can get CJ Stroud right now is on pace to have a pretty good year. Two is having a good year. Justin Herbert's gonna get you 25 and 10. I can get a guy who's not gonna have me at the podium answering questions about his off the field affiliations or off the field motivations. And all I need you to do is get me points. At the end of the day, sometimes it's simply about all I need you to do is get me points. Having a platform and using it appropriately, that's perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what he did for his platform. It just it felt like he did some commercials. And then I get that we, we always go to the black players and black people in general is like, oh, you got to be the savior of all the problems that we have. And I, and I get that that's not the case. But your own actions have shown that you don't want you want a certain status in the NFL that they're simply don't have to give you. And it's like, why are you expecting that? Like, why are you expecting just to come off of the street and you seven years and be a starting quarterback? Like entire systems have changed. The way they hire coaches have changed since he like they used to hire 40 plus year old coaches almost exclusively. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of coaches around 37 to 39. That's the tar- target demographic they're trying to get. Um, They would have bigger backs, maybe the two back system. That was a big thing. We said the two back system. Now it's just two backs available. If you have a stud first back, another that you can just run two or three backs out there. The, the whole system, the whole philosophy of the NFL has changed. And you're still trying to get in. It's like, yo, any position, anybody in any position that hadn't played for seven years is not going to get a lot of run. So mm-hmm. if he was putting his name out there, putting these letters out there, and then when they went and talked to him, he would, you know, mention some foundation he's supporting or show some kind of effort in, in these environments in these cities that he, you know, that that would rock with that. Like if you try and donate <laughs> to the Broken Windows Initiative out here in New Jersey, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I'm I'm trying to get the community together, but like if you're not even doing that, then you're just doing it for attention at this point. And it feels reckless and it feels delicious. Yeah, and I don't want to like- and I don't want to bang on him like that. Cause I mean he he did, you know, and, and I haven't followed lately, but in the beginning, he he was putting his money where his mouth was, you know, and, and he, he didn't put that he didn't put that settlement money because after that settlement money he disappeared. Yeah, he disappeared. You know, like, I mean, as far as we know. like he might have still been doing things behind the scenes, but he, it wasn't he as can public as it the was. camera. He can attract the camera and the camera crew every single time he has one of these frivolous tryouts, but yet he doesn't have a camera anywhere where he's tearing down boarded up buildings and out. In well, that's Texas what I'm saying. Like he didn't. I, I think that he, he didn't want the attention in the first place. Like I you think know what I mean? Wanted so, the like, attention. I think he just didn't understand the backlash. He didn't have a plan for it, and right now there is no plan for it because he got paid. 
He got his, he got whatever his settlement was. Eric Reed stayed in the league. Mighty's guy stayed right. in the league. You know, right. the Eric, I think Eric Reed and Michael Jenkins have beef because Michael Jenkins like, listen, I can't do anything with just my arguments and my feelings. The NFL paid their settlement. I took that money and I put it to these foundations. He said that out loud in interviews. Colin Kaepernick still hasn't sat down and said, this is what I did with the settlement money that I got from the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I get it. You know, you, you worked hard and, and you stood on something that he, and you, and you, and you, you put your career on, you put your career up as a gamble. And I'm not sure if it worked, but every time mm-hmm. somebody needs a quarterback, you're not it. It's just not, it's not a logical outlook. It's, it's not it for him to think that he uh, is going to be this guy. So I got you. That makes sense. But, but, you know, I just, like I said, it just, I don't know. There were a lot of people looking up to him, you know, like, and, you know, it just, I mean, whatever. But anyway, so separation Saturday. Why is it separation Saturday? Because it's time to get busy, baby. We got A&M hosting Bama. You know, like the lead, who's going to take the driver's seat of the SEC West? You know, we got Georgia in Kentucky hosting Kentucky. Can Georgia establish themselves as who they are? Or can Kentucky make a case and actually put some stuff in the universe? Could somebody else win the SEC East besides Georgia? You know, can Louisville end Jada Pinkett's reign of abuse? <laughs> you know, the ACC playing the role of Will Smith. 30. 30 is the number. 30 straight regular season wins. Notre Dame has over the ACC, and now Louisville needs to put an end to the red table. You know, then, you know, just in the 2-5's world, only 2-5 cares about it. The little brown jug, Michigan at Minnesota. Minnesota. You know, the little brown jug. So that on NCAA, that was one of my favorite rivalries, you know, back in the day. Yeah, I used, so, to, I used, to, play, I used to play a guy. We would play the rivalry games and you have to save the we saved the trophy on the uh, yeah. little hard drive that came with the ps2 you like saved it yeah bring it over here so people can see i got all these trophies on you and then of course and then of course you got the matchup in dallas two top 12 defenses oklahoma texas the red river shootout college football is here this weekend baby it's legit. I'm, shout out to college football for figuring it out. You know, so yeah, so uh, they figured out I'll what boxing hadn't. Yeah, so I'm gonna get us started real quick. You know, of course, we start off every week upset alert. Who's on upset alert? So I got a couple of upset alerts for you. You know, and I'm being dead serious about this first one. All right, let's see. I am let's putting see. the Virginia. I am putting the. I am putting the Virginia Cavaliers. On upset watch against the William and Mary tribe. You know what I'm saying? William and Mary might just walk into Charlottesville and walk out with a victory. No tiki torches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then. good know, players upset, on both sides. It's good players on both sides. Yeah, good players on both sides. Then my other upset alert. We got to go all the way to War Memorial Stadium. And if you're thinking about why am I thinking that this is an upset alert, 
You just asked Texas Tech what happened when they went to Laramie. So I got Fresno State on upset alert. You know, I'm not that confident about that one because Fresno State has shut out Wyoming the last two years. But, you know, I'm going with upset alert, you know. But for the actual upsets, my actual upsets, I think Louisville is going to put an end to Jada Pinkett. You know, so Notre Dame, I think, is going down because this is the third straight week, you know, because what do I like to do, Mr. Logical? you got to look at the schedule. schedule. You know, this is their third straight game in primetime. You know, two of them on the road. Obviously, they had the first week against Ohio State, 10 men on the field at home, Heartbreak City. They went into Durham last week and beat Duke. And now they got to go into what used to be known as Papa John Stadium and deal with Louisville in prime time. So, you know, um, I just don't like the spot in the schedule there. I'm going with Purdue over Iowa. I don't care that, you know, of course, K. McNamara is out for the season, but I don't care that Iowa's backup quarterback is 6'3", 260. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, Iowa's going down. And then finally, you know, I had to do it. All you got to do is peel it back and look at how God works. You know what I'm saying? God might just get his comeuppance this weekend. I'm going with Texas ampersand, you know, to beat Alabama. You know, uh, two years ago, Kyle Field, they hit the field goal as time expired. You know, Zach, uh, Zach Calzada with the with the win, 41 to 38 last year. The, yeah, the, there you go. The cute Instagram video, yeah. Yeah, and then last year, of course, it came down to the very last play in Tuscaloosa from the two-yard line. So I'm going with ampersand to upset the elephants. Interesting, interesting. Uh, like I said, watching Ohio State's quarterback, I'm not a huge fan, but like I said, if you think about the last few Ohio State quarterbacks that we've seen, those guys have seen like out of worldly. I think they have enough to beat Maryland, but with me, when it comes to college football, I tend to go with whatever team has the most dynamic quarterback or an experienced quarterback. So that's why you're Notre Dame Louisville. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. So I just think that quarterback is just going to make the plays when it matters. Mm-hmm. The third and sevens, your, you know, the check down versus the post yeah, route. I just think he, uh, he's just seen it. I just think he's just seen it all. Yeah, against Duke, he ran as far for as a seventeen yards on fourth. Yeah, he ran for seventeen yards on fourth and sixteen. You know, so I just think he just has that, that, that moxie. He's had that moxie since high school. Like I said, we've seen it on the, the Netflix Hold show. Up, time the Before we even go any further, what the fuck is moxie? You know, what I'm saying? like everybody like, says uh, that. I love his moxie. What does that even mean? I don't know if it was a word before <laughs> Varsity Blues with uh, James Vanderby's character Johnny Moxon. I don't know if it was a word before that. I can't front. I don't know the ep- you know the ep- uh, etymology, the etymology of the word. Uh, I think it just sounds <laughs> sounds Gucci. I like it. Yeah, I like yeah, vernacular. Yeah, yeah. I like to you know interject it into my day to day commentary. Um, like I said, I have no idea. It could come from Moxon. Or it could just be like a real word that came from someone else. But, you know, it's just like, you yeah. know, that's swat of V, that swag, you know, that, that 
that that it the it factor that that phrase they use, and we'll talk about that with some of the young NFL quarterbacks. I think sometimes that's that's what you need. You just you just need you can have your level of talent, and you just need the playmaker in the key position that just makes it go. You know, Miles Garrett, defensive line, Von Miller in defensive line, Aaron Donald defensive line. They just especially in college they had it. Johnny Manziel and and, and Mike Evans having that relationship mm-hmm. where they can just make it happen. I just think having that player because we've all seen it when you have a kid that should be the starter and the, the upperclassman starts and the ball is not going anywhere, it's not moving, and then you just insert the quarterback and you can open up your scheme a little bit, but you don't change any other 10 players and now you get back-to-back touchdown drives. Mm-hmm. It's like, how did that so, happen? So I think that Ohio State. So so Ohio State is eight and zero against Maryland, coming off of a bye since Ryan Day has been the head coach. They've outscored their opponents, one seventy eight to seventeen. I don't like you grooming know, the uh, dotted beard, so I, I want to pick against <laughs> him just because that. Well, well, you know, last year I'm running right uh, here. You five six years older than me. All your hair black. Stop it. Well, well, you know, last year, Little Tua, you know, uh, Little Tua went off and, you know, they took Ohio State to the wire. You know, Ohio State won 43 to 30. There was a fumble with about 10 seconds left on the last play of the game that Ohio State ran in, you know. But um, we saw even when Urban Meyer was the coach, Maryland went into the horseshoe one time and it was a 52 to 51 overtime game. So uh, Maryland has, you know, played well against the big boys in the Big Ten. They just don't always pull it off. So I don't think they're going to get Ohio State. But just put this in your mental Rolodex for now. Watch for Maryland against Michigan. Just because Maryland plays Michigan in between Penn State and Ohio State. So just just keep that in your Rolodex for now. All right. Uh, Like um, you keep picking Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M and I just I don't know. If, I'm taking Alabama because I picked against them, and I, I said I'm not gonna do that anymore. <laughs> I'm yeah, this LSU game is because I game... think Dayton Daniels is having the Heisman season, except they have two oh, losses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks that game's like gonna be tougher than people think. It out. I don't know be how much eligibility he has or what kind of NFL prospect he is because. I mean, it seems like that goalpost for NFL prospect moves every year for quarterback is like, oh, you got to be this tall, but you get a guy like I think Caleb Williams might be listed at six foot, six one. Doesn't seem to be that much bigger than he, he does look bigger than Bryce Young, though. He didn't. Like, look he doesn't look bigger the same than size. Rattler, like, Rattler's listed at six one. Yeah. Um, so. You know, like I said, Jane Daniels, maybe maybe he's just one of those guys that can just make plays at the college level. But it seems like him and Brian Kelly are, are on the same page. It's just unfortunately um, they have the two losses. But he's having a Heisman quality season. Mizzou's looking good. Uh, they have the, the win with the long field goal over Kansas State. And yeah, sometimes and they got Luther like, Burton. Yeah, some teams like that about him. just kind of come out of nowhere and they, they have that year where – they're, you know, mediocre for a couple of years to get the recruits in, they get the three stars, they get the transfer in, they get the good player from the other school, and then they get the coach and it all lines up and they have their their top notch ten in two years. 
this might be Missouri's year, but I'm taking LSU just because I can't see him losing three games with a quarterback that's that dynamic. Like I said, I'll pick I'll pick the playmaking quarterback at, at the college football level because I think that is such a it's like a, such a, a like a, a trump card in most of defensive schemes. I like Texas. I was born there and with Oklahoma a couple of times. I want a big fan, so I'm gonna pick Texas and River shoot out. And I don't yeah, think I'm, Texas as well. I don't, I'm not a big fan of like defensive coordinators being head coaches at college football because it seems a little bit more like the wild, wild west shootout. Some games, yes, you need defense. Hey, but those are the successful coaches. Look at Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Yeah, uh, they both learn to hire super masterful offensive minded I know, but they made and, but, but, I don't but when know you think of Georgia but when you think of Georgia that kind of cachet that becomes a defense just think about it so so when you so when you think of Georgia you think offense first cuz I don't well yeah their their defense I mean granted they're all playing in Philly like right up the block from here <laughs> well I mean Something, even Bama Georgia like just, before Georgia just made a run they just made a run on getting like top notch defensive players but they still needed 42 points against Ohio State with Stetson Bennett scoring all these touchdowns. So it's like you still got to But even look at Bama. Like, like you know, we remember Mac Jones, Bryce Young, you know, but they won some titles with A.J. McCarron and Jacob Coker. Yeah, but A.J. McCarron was like in the height. He had enough. He had enough in the stat category to be in a Heisman race. But no, he, also he played had for Bama. John David. What's, what's, the, what's the guy name? <coughs> Um, the one that did commentary for Greg McElroy. They won a title a, with Blake Sims. They had, you know, Greg McElroy, and they, they had uh what's the guy that lost against yeah, the Yeah, McElroy. That's what I was John, thinking about John, when I said McCarron. John I was, I was thinking about McCarron. Yeah, yeah, John, John Parker, Parker Wilson. Yeah, they lost to Utah in the big bowl game, and they had lost a couple games that year too. But when you get the top notch defense, and then you give the offense to Lane Kiffin, you give the offense to Bill O'Brien, you give the offense to Steve Sarkeesian, offensive mind. Yeah, you look like you have a great defense because you got your offense scoring in 37 seconds, and you're up 21 0 halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, I'm going to look great because all I'm going to do is call cover two, and I'm going to just send the house. I'm going to send my four down linemen, <laughs> and you got to throw it because you're down 21. You go throw it right to Patrick Team. <clears throat> you can throw it right to Landon College. You're gonna throw it right to what's the guy Branch that's in Detroit right yeah, now? Yeah, Brian Branch. Yeah. So Kool Aid. <laughs> the, the, the linebackers underneath they're gonna feast because we're up twenty-one nothing. We're up, you know, twenty-one-three, pretty much every second quarter, every single week because he got a top quarterback in who can make the plays, and they stack the defense on the outside. You see what Georgia's what their struggles are. Their quarterback was older. That's why he was able to. He was he's older than Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he is. So like that's 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 what I mean there. But I think Jimbo Fisher. I don't know what his relationship is with Nick Saban. I know it's it's not a it's probably not great. But that tends to make people do things. Out of character, Eric Mangini snitching on Bill Belichick kind of stuff. Like just <laughs> not thinking about okay, what's gonna happen inside these painted lines that I can control with these 83 guys. Ooh, okay, looking good. Yes, yeah, a touchdown. Yeah, there. you got a game. Gotta go for two here. Uh 30 to 20. Washington just scored uh Sam Howell to Jahan Dotson 
So going for the two-point conversion here, 10-51 left in the fourth quarter, 30-20. to 20. So, you number, know, we'll take you through this real quick. 22 is getting worked all Okay, here we go. Long. Here's the Howell going up the middle, and he's not going to – he throws it up, and it's intercepted. And, okay, so 30-20, to 10-51 left to go. So, yeah, I agree. I got Texas Mike as well. Mike is a few seconds ahead of me. He just gave the entire play away. So, <laughs> I got so well, well, people, ain't got, people ain't got time to wait He's for you. Watching. The people are watching now. You can see what Mike just kind of just you know laid out. You know, but uh, but yeah, I'm going with Texas as well. Uh, <laughs> I think I do. I do like Dylan Gabriel. He missed last year. Texas won 49 nothing. <laughs> I don't think Dylan Gabriel was worth 49 points. But uh, both have top 12 defenses. Um, Oklahoma's in that weird zone where you try to look through their schedule and see where the win, the good win is and you can't find it but they've yeah, been dominating yeah but they've been dominating everybody though so you know so you do know that they're good um you know AM has the number one defense in the sec right now um you know they're number three in the country on third down defense and alabama's got a quarterback that can't necessarily throw the ball he only threw 12 passes against Mississippi State last week, and they were able to win 40 to 17. But congratulations, Mississippi State, because they threw their first touchdown against Alabama since Dak Prescott in 2014. So congratulations, Mississippi State. Almost 10 years. You know, yeah. So you know, but uh, That's dominance. That's but, yeah. pure dominance right there. Yeah, Evan Stewart. Nine. You know, our, remember, remember Evan Stewart? He was the guy that the Alabama players said that Jimbo called his name on the last play last year. He's got a bit of an ankle going on. So, you know, that could be an issue, you know, in this game, you know, so we'll have to check him out and see how he does. But Jace McClellan has been impressive for Alabama running the ball, you know, so I think it's going to be a low scoring game, you know, just like last year, last year ended 24 to 20. It might be a little bit low, little less scoring than that. 24, but, 14, somewhere in that range. The same type of I game. I don't think Alabama's offense is going to catch fire, but I think the the defense, the framework of the defense, big linebackers. Yeah, Dallas Turner's going to have a good game. Secondary, yeah. big up front. I think that I think that gets you a touchdown. Either a cheap mm-hmm. touchdown where you get a turnover – you know, deep in your own territory, or you just flat out get a scoop and score, pick six, something along those lines. Yeah, and Max Johnson does have a tendency to fumble, you know, like um, when he gets hit, you know. So that could be a factor, you know, where Alabama gets some short fields and are able to punch it in from and there. When you, you have know. a quarterback that's that's that you don't trust to throw the ball a lot and you get – one or two possessions inside of your, you know, inside of your 30, you know, going inside of 30. We are talking about earlier when I was talking about Joe Flack on the Ravens. Joe was getting the ball at the 50-yard line a few times a game, either through turnovers or a punt or a punt return, some kind of special teams play because the Ravens is kind of always we're putting the team in a position like, listen, the defense is going to carry us, offense. You just make it happen. We're gonna buy the groceries, you carry them over to you carry them into the house. So yeah. a team like Alabama playing against AM, the motion's gonna be high, road game. I just think that 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 fumble that just 
second quarter, third quarter when the momentum is, you know, in balance, you get the ball back to your quarterback. He's not sure about throwing it. Then you just get him on the edge. Just run it. Get so, him on the edge and then see what, you, see what you can make happen from there. So you remember last week, Utah went up to Corvallis and Oregon State was favored, even though Utah was the higher ranked team. So this week, we got Wazoo going to UCLA, going to the Rose Bowl with UCLA as a three and a half point favorite. So can UCLA do what Oregon State did? What I saw out of UCLA against Utah, granted it was at elevation and Utah's defensive line is probably rivals some NFL practice squad defensive lines as far as like size and skill. Cause they just, yeah, they go big. And like I said, those guys are generally older, 20, 21, 22 year olds. I just think the ranked team, I want to give them the upper hand. And I don't, especially considering that the Rose Bowl, it's not like the Rose Bowl is like this imposing stadium that right, you can't play right. in. It's very, it's literally a bowl. Like imagine, imagine you had a cereal bowl. It's like completely open. There's no overhang. There's nothing that's intimidating about the stadium mm-hmm. in and of itself. It's just, it just looks like, it looks like a, a, it looks like a really big amphitheater just circled around a football field. So it's not like the swamp or an arbor or out in Penn State or even a shoe or, you know, LSU, one of these places, Clemson. It's not one of those kind of buildings that just when you walk in, you feel the history of the upsets and everything else. So I don't think the Washington okay. State players are going to walk in and just be like, oh, you know, we haven't won here since 1998. You know, it's it's not. A, yeah, it's back, in, back in 04, back in 04, when I walked into the original orange, the old Orange Bowl to watch Florida and Florida State, I smelled all the blood and the piss, you know what I'm saying? So I knew it was gangster in there. Like, yeah, you just you, know. You feel like a certain, it's like a certain, even, even Rice Echo Stadium, Salt Lake, it's not, it's not like it's inviting but it's kind of like it kind of like boxes you in. It's like it's built big and it has like that like the like the right side. So the the west side of the stadium is built like this big like the buildings are attached to that. And then you look to the east, you got the mountains. Uh so it's and then you have the elevation, and then the fans are all in red, and it's like 45,000 people, but the stadium's kind of like folded over. So when you look up, it feels like the fans are on top of you. The seats are all painted red. That's the only thing they use the stadium for is, you know, I mean, they might use it for maybe for like some of the college soccer stuff, but for the most, it's just a football field. And it's just intimidating because everywhere you look, it's a sea of red and it's loud. People are jumping, going crazy. UCLA doesn't get that same kind of eerie like oh my no. god we're at the rose bowl because most people think about the rose bowl they think about just the the bowl game at the end of the year with just two random teams not ucla playing there well well maybe we'll get some fireworks because the last time they played back in 2019 <laughs> ucla 67 wazoo 63 so you know right. maybe we'll get something like that this time but uh exciting, but i'm gonna take a watch watch the state all right you you, you ready for your uh Pop quiz of the week. Let's hear it. 
All right. So I mentioned the little brown jug. So I mentioned the little brown jug. You know, Michigan going into Minnesota. Michigan leads the nation in defensive points per game. How many points they give up per game? This year? How many points per yeah, how many points per game do they give up? Eleven. Five point eight. I was thinking five. I was thinking five point three. Yeah. Like it can't be that low. <laughs> yeah. So you know. So we'll see what Minnesota can do. Not known for their offense, but I, I think talk about the fact that no one talked about their head coach being suspended for three games. It literally was never a topic. We didn't talk it about stupid. it. I didn't see it on the news. It's like, and it they went three and zero. You were like, I wasn't even worried about. It. I'm like, you're not worried. I think we talked about it. Like. They're gonna play. Yeah, they played EC. They played East Carolina, Bowling Green, and UNLV. Yeah, he was like, they're gonna be three and zero when he gets back. And then when they got back off of the bye, they played. And then when he came back, they played Rutgers. Yeah, so you know, speaking of Rutgers, speaking of Rutgers, you know, big game in Camp Randall this weekend. I think they got a shot to pull off the upset. I don't think they're gonna do it, but. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they give Wisconsin some headaches this weekend. They're, the Rutgers quarterback is, I think he's physically dynamic, athletically dynamic, but just the experience doesn't match his athleticism. So you mm-hmm. can't, it's like sometimes if you can get a guy like, like we'll talk about Jane Daniels, like his athleticism, the way he can move, but the way he can control the game while moving is something that uh, they you don't have everywhere. And I think Rutgers is in that position where they, they don't they don't have that dynamic. And that's what you you need you need that player on the road to make your upset. Shadur Sanders against TCU, he played special. You know, five hundred ten yards that game. You don't win that game with like a regular quarterback and a good scheme. You need a guy. You need a guy mm-hmm. that plays special to win some of these games. I- I expect Colorado to win big this weekend. You know, they're going up to Tempe to take on the Sun Devils. You know, so this is the kind of game that Colorado can use to get right, you know, before they get into their... It's going to be one of those reckless games where they get like two picks, a couple of turnovers, some long touchdowns. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those games where people are going to be doing the Dion on the sideline and stuff like that. So. So I don't know how many people make bets off of history. So, like, for example, tomorrow night, you know, we got Oklahoma State and uh, Kansas State. And Oklahoma State has won seven out of the last eight times that Kansas State has come up there. So I don't know if somebody looks at that and they go, well, you got to bet Oklahoma State to cover because Kansas State can't, you know. I don't know if that's a thing. But here's a note. USC. The Trojans hosting the Arizona Wildcats this weekend. The last three times they've played Arizona, they've won by six and a half points. So, you know, just keep that in your nugget in case you're one of those people that like to go, hey. Caleb Williams maybe- is playing about three quarters a game, and he is still leading in most passing categories or at the top. And if you broke it down per quarter, he played minutes played. It's he's head and shoulders. He's a he's different. There, I get yeah. that he doesn't want to go to one of these. He's gonna go to a bad team no matter what. 
Like it, he's got to go to a bad team if he declares for the draft this year. Goes back next year. You gotta go to a if it's not Chicago this year. Arizona looks like they're replace Russell Wilson. (laughs) I think I think Arizona is gonna stumble stumble into two or three wins. Maybe if not, he he might just off of effort. He might get the backup Aaron Rodgers for a year. Nah, that's not gonna be a move. No, Jets gonna win some. Jets gonna win some games. I think the Jets will win a couple of a couple of games they shouldn't like the game they won with the punt return. Yeah, like they were. They might be Buffalo again. Uh, So I'm gonna say the team that probably ends up with the with the first pick. I mean, at this point, so many teams are so bad. I mean, Cincinnati, Cincinnati <laughs> has to turn it around, you know, as we're going to transition here to the NFL. But Cincinnati has to turn it around. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to stumble into some victory. So, I mean, he might – if he's in a situation where the bottom falls out for a really good team that doesn't have a quarterback or is looking to yeah. get rid of their quarterback, New England, they bottom out. Which is doing, I don't know if Minnesota's going to bottom out, though. Not, I don't not know if they'll bottom up. Well, Kurt healthy, I think he'll win you games. I think you're just you're gonna see, like I said, you're gonna backdoor your way in the end. Look at that segue. Look at that segue. So when they lose to Kansas City this week and they're one and four, you know what I mean? Now we might have something to talk about. I mean, when I think they I think they're gonna do something like beat Kansas City and beat two <laughs> and three and put themselves in a position to where a team like like the Giants just paid their quarterback. Tennessee can't, they cannot, 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 cannot be in a market for another quarterback come April. It just, it, if that's the case, you got to clear house. You got to right. start over. You got to move. Right. Like you might have to move your team. To hey, but right now, you. everybody in the AFC South is two and two. So, you know, so the whole season so, so, is ahead yeah. of them. Yeah, so and someone like and but most of those teams, Jacksonville has their QB, Houston has theirs, Indianapolis has mm-hmm. theirs. Mm-hmm. Tennessee should have theirs on a the roster. They got three of them, two drafted in the last two years, using second and third round picks on them. Uh I just like I said, for for I think Carolina's gonna be awful because I think any ding, if Bryce Young has a shoulder, he's gonna sit the following week. So if he goes in his game this week against Detroit, takes a sack, and they got to take him out and put Andy Dalton in, I think Andy Dalton will play the rest of this week or the rest of that, that game and the following week, precautionary. Andy Dalton's prime time record is terrible. But just in general, he's been such a journeyman that he is a he's been kind of relegated to this backup quarterback role that comes in with no expectations, no real game plan for him to succeed. Like no one's, no one's designing a game plan for whatever Andy Dalton does best. I think it's like what hey, about man, the Raiders. The Raiders just paid Jimmy. Like there's not an extension. Like I think he's on mm-hmm. their books. Uh. So, but once again, do they stumble to some wins just because they're just a tough team? Are they like the New England, like the the? You know, like New England, Belichick, Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. You just you're just gonna earn some wins. The only team I can think of that really will lose a lot of games strictly because they don't have the talent to win games. 
I mean, if Pickett doesn't straighten up and fly right, Pittsburgh can have a, a free fall. I think Atlanta's. I think Atlanta's going to be one of those teams that's going to be looking hard at a quarterback. Um, the Jets. I don't know if you want to. I don't know how bad the Jets are going to be. I don't know if Zach. I think Zach Wilson's desire to win will resonate with the other team. I mean, yeah, he showed some flash last week. You know what I mean? And this week they should be motivated. You know, Nathaniel Hackett. You know, I made the joke off camera about. You know, was he going to have drawn up for the Broncos this week after Sean Payton tried to drag his name through the mud? But, you know, but we'll come to that. Let's get into these picks. So, you know, so we got Jacksonville. I'm putting Buffalo on upset alert. I'm picking Buffalo to win. But, you know, Jacksonville has the advantage of staying in England the past week. And Buffalo is going to have to fly over or has flown over and has to do the adjustments and all that good stuff like that. So, so Jacksonville, that may might have be some Jacksonville because that's a whole yeah, keep mind, a lot of players, coaches. The, the but, but I would think that Buffalo like might same. get off to a slower start, though. That's my my like Jacksonville might come out a little bit more they hair on fire early. On all cylinders last week, I think the final no, they weren't being 23 to seven. Seven of those points came off a of pick six, or six came off the of pick six, right? And right. then yeah, Ritter's so I'm picking Buffalo to win. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Jacksonville, I think the, the loss to Houston was very telling because even and the win, the post the post-game interview, Trevor Lawrence, he was like, you know, we didn't not like we came out here and really lit up the scoreboard. So I think there is a disconnect in player because their player personnel packages are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They are a 27 plus point per game offense. When you mm-hmm. think about ATN, Ingram, Zay Jones, Kirk. Christian Kirk, Calvary really? getting the ball thrown to him by Trevor Lawrence. That's mm-hmm. six weapons, real right. tangible weapons that Chicago's about to Chicago again. What are we looking at? Oh, it's fourth nah, they, they ain't. They ain't. No, they 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 they'll probably still hold on unless this is a touchdown pass right here and it nope. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm taking Buffalo. I think the way Buffalo dominated Miami a week after Miami dropped seventy, it just I think this is what? the spot Buffalo needs to be in. Coming into the last couple of seasons, everyone had them as Super Bowl favorites. And then you had your, I won't say the blow up. I think it's just your, your natural. We're out of the, the season's over. You're the starting mm-hmm. quarterback. I'm the number one wide receiver. We didn't make we didn't make magic happen when we had an opportunity. I think people made a bigger deal of the Stephon Diggs, and then Sean McDermott didn't really help. But right. I think that kind of brought them down a notch. I think Kansas City winning the Super Bowl without like the stud wide receivers. And then Miami have them. So I think it's just – and then the Cincinnati buzz, people want – Yeah, they're just the lost in the, the shuffle right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're like – they're lost in the shuffle, and they're like, okay, all we do is win, win, win. I mean, T-Pain, T.J. Kelly style. Right. So I think that's going to help them. And then they're going to get Von Miller back. They're going to get, you know, guys like poor – like, you know, they're, they're secondary. Well, they lost Trey White for the season now. You know, but the so, thing about Connor uh, is that if you if you can rush the pass up front, 
you, you right right you have a guy you can shift in there. Like granted, you right. won't have a Stephon Gilmore, you won't have a Jalen Ramsey, but you have a guy you can move. You have a scheme. You have a you. Well, they you got my go guy Kyrie Elam from that. Florida, so you know, you know, he he's in there. You know, so at uh, a minimum, like you had that. That's just I guarantee he hits hard and he's a speed guy because he's he's with well, the well these last Florida. three games. You know, these last three games, Buffalo has averaged. 10.3 points in the first quarter. So the key is going to be keeping Buffalo from getting off to a hot start because Jacksonville can probably go blow for blow as far as a regularly paced game. But if Buffalo gets out early, I don't know if Jacksonville can keep I'm not it. sure Doug Peterson is a – if he runs the ball to control the clock kind of coach. I think he's more of well, a – Well, they're only averaging 3.6 a carry right now. So, you know, that probably won't work anyway. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. So, Buffalo in the win up there. I don't know if they're playing at Tottenham yeah. or Old Trafford. Or one of yeah, they're play, yeah, they're playing at Tottenham, yeah. I, um, I find it amazing that they can sell out those stadiums, but it's probably a lot of military people because yeah. there's multiple bases in that general area because there's always a bunch of random jerseys, like Viking jerseys and Green Bay jerseys. Mm. So, it must be It's like Korea. <laughs> yeah, so you, you know, just but yeah, then, fill a stadium. So then, of course, I got the Dolphins bouncing back and taking out the football giants. I I never seen a $40 million check upset so many people than what – because I have a couple of cousins that are Giants fans. She put on Facebook the other day, she was like, Dear NFL, please don't put us on TV anymore and spare some of us our pain. 11 sacks. And I'm like, I looked at it and I'm like, and they were all on Daniel Jones. It wasn't like they put Tyrod Taylor in late. So it was like, you didn't adjust at all. You have your starting quarterback in there getting sacked that many times. That's all you. That's what happens when, when you went coaching well, the year know, and you yeah. didn't deserve it. Well, do you know Daniel Jones is uh amount that he makes per year is higher than his QBR right now. I had, like yeah, I said, so last year I thought he, I and felt of like course Washington like misses top, the field goal. I I felt like he was a top ten. He was playing like a top ten quarterback. Not that I thought he was top ten talent. Right, right. I just right, thought right, that right. he was playing. If you had the if 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 it was a race, he was eight, nine, ten, eleven. He was in that that range coming around the three hundred meters, coming down the home stretch. Yeah, his uh his his QBR is thirty seven. And he has two touchdowns and six interceptions. So, hopefully, for their sake, Saquon will be able to play. I know he's been practicing a little bit, still limited and everything. So they should have gave him real money. Yeah, they should have gave him real money, you know. But they then, give him real you know, money. We go, then we go up to Foxborough. You know, can the Saints pull the upset? I'm picking New England. Uh, I'm not sure who's starting Carr or Winston. I'm not sure how, the extent of the injury. But I would still pick New England because I think they're one of those teams that they're just so well coached. They're going to make the defensive plays. They're going to be solid up front. And they're going to they're probably going to win this game 21-13, 21-10, or like, like 20. I'm going to say a couple of touchdowns, a couple of field goals. So 20 to yeah. 10, 20 to 13, New England's going to win. 
They're going to get six or seven sacks, maybe at yeah, know, pick- one or two turnovers. I'm picking the Patriots just because the Saints offense wasn't good even when Derek Carr was healthy. So you know and I like him. So I can't, I think Jameis is a dope person. I think he's a nutcase. But you know, I never I never I never had a lot of faith in New Orleans uh that's a W. That's a W. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean I think he's I think he's like crazy hilarious, but I don't know if that resonates with the guys on the field. So what you got next? So so far so we, we got I guess, uh, we're in Yeah, I think we're going to agree on this next one too. Uh, Ravens and Steelers. I'm gonna go Baltimore. I don't like yeah, picking against Mike Tomlin, just because well, he's from my city, and I think he just he does such an outstanding job coaching. I just think that Kenny Pickett is the white Desmond Ritter. And it's I think and he's, he's got think, and he's got a bum knee too. <laughs> I think you, I think we've seen his ceiling and it's very low. Nothing exactly. about the way he plays says, oh, he's gonna get better in a year. When I see Justin Herbert, when he started out like, oh, this guy has the potential to get better. Um you look at Brock Purdy. It looks like he's going to continue because I know there's there's a couple of pundits, mainly Nick Wright on first things first. He's waiting for the for the 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 chariot to turn into a pumpkin on Brock Purdy. It's like your your argument doesn't make any sense because he's still winning. Like he still has an opportunity to make a bad play, even if he only throws fourteen passes a game. You could throw one or two of those in the wrong spot. And you're 12 for 14 with two interceptions, you know. So it's not like he's throwing. Sounds like me on Madden. You know, it just so <laughs> I think I think Kenny Pitt Kenny Pick is one of those guys we've seen his ceiling. It's very low. Well, yeah, he's got the bone bruise in his knee. What I don't like for Baltimore, though, I don't I just don't like the spot because you know, I looked at the schedule. You know, I just don't like the spot, you know, because of course they Jesus. And that would be the game, folks. But um, Cleveland uh, playing on the road at Cleveland last week, and then turning around and going to Pittsburgh and back-to-back weeks. But the game in Cleveland was I pretty just, easy. No, I know that, but 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 I just mean like the intensity level, like the you know um, you know. But I got Baltimore as well. I got I got Detroit over Carolina. You know, um, you know, we probably ain't got a. You know, get much into that one. Um, I got Jared Goff is a guy that when you saw him throw the football, you're like, okay, he's gonna get better. He he just looks like some of these guys just don't look like they are in the appropriate position. Thirty-seven to twenty, folks. DJ Moore <laughs> does it again. All right, so um, I got your Falcons getting back into the W column. You know, I got them beating the Texans. Word that makes one of us. <laughs> I got I got Houston I got Houston beating Atlanta simply because I've watched four games, right, right. This season, I watched four games that Desmond Ritter started last season. So fifteen and two is over. Oh yeah, fifteen fifteen two is over. <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping I'm jumping off that. I just 
Uh, I'm nothing without my integrity. I thought that the offense, I thought Mariota was just limited. And Arthur Smith was conservative. But now what I'm realizing. Yes, but now what I'm realizing is that Arthur Smith has no desire to not be conservative. So I don't know Ritter play winning football. I don't know what Ritter can do. And I don't think he's put Ritter in enough positions to see. We can, we'll, we'll talk about this game that just, just occurred. The first play, 0-4, we blew a 14-point or 21-point lead last week. Chicago Bears haven't won a game since last year. Like, this is all coaches going to get fired. Uh, quarterback that didn't want to play here, got a – wide receiver on the bench. Their first drive, they threw two bombs to DJ Moore when he just man-to-man coverage. I don't know what the original play was. I don't know if that was the play call, but I think when they saw it, it was like, oh, I'm going to take these shots up the sideline with DJ Moore, my playmaking wide receiver, and my young quarterback. Mm -hmm. A lot of Atlanta's routes, I was thinking about this, Atlanta runs routes to get first downs not to make big plays. So they run a bunch of curls, bunch of like little drag routes, a bunch of in kind of routes, a bunch of out routes to the sideline to get third and six to get six yards versus let me get the ball in the hands of this playmaker. Scotty Miller is probably one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Let me get this guy coming across, like bunch him up on the left, see if the team goes man coverage. And see if I can get this speedster across to, West Welker. to get the ball and turn up field. All of their routes are just like get to the sticks and turn around, get to the sticks and turn around. They're basically defensive run plays designed like pass plays. And that's why when you're down, like fortunately, they, they came back against um, Green Bay and they were down 12. But I have zero faith that this team gets down 10 points that their offensive scheme is going to pressure the other team's defense. And I think Houston's going to throw the ball. Atlanta's defense is dope. They're playing great football. But it's irrelevant if Kyle Pitts, Drake London, aren't getting the ball in positions to be playmakers. They're just throwing these terrible comeback routes, uh, these in-cut routes where they're just running the defense. It's like, boom, I got the catch. It's third and seven. I got the catch for eight yards. Mm-hmm. But the next time you run in this guy in the traffic, because like you're not always guaranteed to catch that ball in traffic. You know, so I just think I just think the lack of the lack of vision offensively from Arthur uh Arthur Smith, the lack of vision as far as creating a a, a winning culture from Arthur Blank, and then subsequently Desmond Ritter just being there as a younger version of a limited Mariota is like, it's yeah. I'm probably going to pick a lot yeah. of games where Atlanta won't win. <laughs> All right. So then we got a game where now granted, you know, this is only week five, but the road team in this game has not won on the road this season. The home team has not won at home this season. Tie game. So give, so give me the road team. I'm taking the Titans over the Colts. 
I'm taking the Colts. I think they're playing young. I think they're playing fast. I think they're playing excited. And I think Tennessee is just – I think Tennessee is just out there just hoping that they all have jobs come <laughs> mid to late October. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know what their playoff aspirations are. I'm not sure if I, I think it's like it's the same thing that I feel about a team like Pittsburgh. I think they they have good pieces and they can play solid, but I think you're just limited by well, you limited by your quarterback and you limited by your coach. Mainly, it's close to that's the Atlanta it. relationship. You're just yeah, limited, I think it's like that. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, and the organization's and think, drafted two quarterbacks in the last two years. It's like Ryan Tannehill can't come to work. Like I get the work. I work nine to three. It's dope. I like it. Everyone calls me old school because I'm one of the oldest people in my office. I like being there. I feel wanted when I show up. People say thank you when I help them out. I don't know if Tannehill drives to the building and you know turns off his Tupac and gets out and just ready to come to work. I just I don't I don't get that feeling. I think he. I think he's probably thinking like, listen, I can end up in New Orleans rather quickly, or I can end well, luckily up. Luckily for him, luckily for him, he has Derrick Henry, <laughs> and lucky for Derrick Henry, he has Tajay Spears. So I think this is one of the classic, don't make the mistake, make the rookie beat you games, and I think that the Colts fall just short. Yeah, sometimes a rookie can just. He doesn't know any better. When you it's have true. talent and upside, sometimes you just like CJ Stroud last week. Talk about his numbers. He went 16 for 30. Those mm-hmm. aren't great numbers. He just was like, I'm gonna go win this game. Like, I'm just that that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna go out here and just play winning football, make these plays. Like I said, we talked about it in, in the college football conversation. If the field goal kicker kicks a, a mediocre field goal through the uprights, they win it as championship because they're going to beat the brakes off at TCU. So I think I like Anthony, Anthony Rich. I think he just, this is opportunity. <clears throat> I think Indianapolis is, is kind of, you know, wrap their, their arms around him. People like him. He's very likable, very personable. I think teams and players, teammates, I think the fans already like him. Whereas Tannehill can get tripped up by the guard, <coughs> fumble the ball, and they'll yank him for a guy that th- that Vrabel mm-hmm. doesn't like. So I'm taking Indianapolis. Yep, so I'm taking Cincinnati over Arizona. I'm taking Arizona over Cincinnati. There you go. There you go. <coughs> you know we'll I have to see how Arizona's playing. Merrill can move Arizona's, around. I think Arizona's playing tougher defense. I think Jamar Chase. Is I think sometimes you're gonna have I won't say too much talent, but at the wide receiver position, if you have two of those guys, T. Higgins, T. Higgins can be a one on a lot of teams. About eight, eight to ten, about eight teams at least. He could be a one. He could be a one in Kansas City for sure. He could be a one in Tennessee. Tennessee, he be he could be a one in Baltimore. Maybe Indy. I think he could be a one in New Orleans. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you slide Olave, Mike Thomas. I know, I know they got Mike Thomas. He definitely could be a one in Carolina. I could see him definitely as a one in Atlanta. So when you have Jamar Chase with definitive, I'm a number one wide receiver talent for all 32 teams, and you have another guy who's, you know, eight to 12 teams, and you have a quarterback that can't get him the ball. Yeah, keep in mind, Zach Taylor wasn't doing a great job until Joe Burrow started really feeling it. He was not a good mm-hmm. coach. He was probably going to get fired. He just, you know, has this situation where he has Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow fall in his lap two years in a row after Joe Burrow got injured and he just went on a hot streak. But I don't see anything impressive about him the way I, with McVay and Michael Floor and uh, Kyle Shanahan, all those other guys from that, that same coaching tree. You can definitely say he is not as, you know, credible or as, as remarkable as other guys and those guys are top notch he's from mm-hmm. the same coaching tree i think he just was one of those guys that just ended up with two top players that played in college together which doesn't happen so, yeah. speaking of mcveigh give me the rams over the eagles damn son i got the same thing come on man I, you know, I, I, got, I, got, I got L.A. at home. I got Philly, who barely beat the Commanders when watching them get banhandled. Who just gave Chicago. up 40 points to the Chicago Bears. Chicago hasn't won a game since Trump was president. It hasn't been that long. Uh, but they, they haven't won a game long. last year. This is their first time not giving up 25 points in their last 15 games. Quarterback you know, is 5-23 so. and 23 in his career. You know, uh, so I like Philly. I think Philly. Here. I think Philly, and I'm I'm a bit the same thing here with Kansas City. I think Philly might be. I don't want to use the word bored because I think those guys. You know, I think they get up for these games. I'm just I don't think sure it's that. I just talent. think. They, well, I don't think it's that. I think they just got two new coordinators. You know, they, so they're I think the same kind of plays. No, I know, but but it it took them a it took their it took their offense a few games to look like they were in sync. Their defense, outside of like getting pressure, but I don't think the the defense just gave up thirty one to Washington. That's what I'm saying. That's that's I just don't think I don't think they get up for. I don't think that they. I don't think they respect their opponents enough to beat them. I think they walk into every game like no matter what we do, we can beat them versus a team like Miami is like, yo, we got to execute and Mm -hmm. put these different packages together, these plays together so we can win. The way like Chicago probably, you know, like I said, I talk about this all the time. NFL teams, if you line them up height, weight, per position group, speed, experience, it's probably about the same. The difference is, do you have, where is your dynamic playmaker? If you have Mm -hmm. one, do you have multiple dynamic playmakers? And does that dynamic player playmaker impact your, your scheme as a coach? So if you are a team that likes to sling it deep, you had Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek's going deep. Mahomes can throw the ball the country mile, but he's very accurate enough to throw it to Kelsey in the middle. And he's unselfish mm-hmm. enough to throw the check down. So like that matches what Andy Reid wants to do. I think uh I think what Stafford is doing in LA matches what McVay wants to do. 
And I think Philly is just kind of like uh, we could beat anybody. We want to get we want to get back to we want to get to Vegas in February for the rematch with okay. Kansas City. All right, well, I'm taking Kansas City over Minnesota. I just think that Minnesota doesn't run the ball well enough to keep Kansas City off the field. I think that Minnesota is their defense, the problems they had last year, they still have. You know, um, it, it took Brian a fumble return. Yeah, Brian Flores, I thought he was going to turn that around. Well, I mean, it's still early. You know, it's only five. It's only four games so far. But you, you said, like, it looks exactly the same as it did last year. That means it ain't well, turned I mean, around. Well, see, you doing the thing that I always talk about. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't change overnight. Like, you're not – it's not going to go Bro, from – they've been practicing since March. It's October. I know, it's but, seven seven months. but they sorry. It's seven months. Listen, if I They're gave sorry, you, and I it's a new you, system. If I told you, hey, you're going to start this class in March and October, I need you to be able to get an 80 on it. And we do a preview, and you still getting 70s on it. Like, dog, I've, I gave this material seven months ago. We've been working at this for seven months. You can't months. make these dudes faster or stronger. You know what I mean? It's not like, about you can scheme it, all you you can scheme it's all you want. It's not about making them faster, strong. The scheme is about operating the scheme. If they don't have it by now, it's okay. It's not. I know it's like people don't want to call it early, like you know the quote unquote call the baby ugly. Sometimes you just know. You knew Andrew Luck was going to be a good NFL quarterback by the way he carried himself in his interviews, academically. And the way he played. You knew Ryan Leaf wasn't going to be when I asked him, what are you going to do when you get drafted? I'm taking my boys to Vegas and show up to your pressure drunk the next day. Like, it's okay to be like, you know what? This might not work. It's fine. And I think sometimes it's like, even with Brian. Well, it doesn't help that the offense. Well, it doesn't help that the offense turns it over three times per game either. You know, like all these things are factors in context. You know what I mean? You got to get into these two turnovers. Okay, if if our offense turning over three times, then you got to force one and a half. Hey, how did they beat Carolina last week? Because Andy Dalton. They ran a fumble. They ran a fumble back. Yeah, because Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's not going to beat you. We know that. We know that when you put him on the field, he's not going to beat you. No one's worried about Jameis Winston right now because, like, we have enough information to say, you know what, this guy's not going to beat us. Minnesota's defense might not work. But, like I said, I'm still – I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick him because I think Kansas City's been playing very lazy, very lackadaisical, and I I don't think they're challenged. I I think they need need adversity. Just just for the record, though. You do know Andy Dalton didn't play last week, right? <laughs> you out here banging on you out here banging on the red rifle for no reason. Oh yeah. You know oh, he saying? came in. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he Bryce came Young, in when uh Bryce Young went out. That was the week before. Oh. <laughs> I'm tripping. But uh all right, so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Jets Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett against Sean Payton. Sean Payton calling him out. Keep my coach's name out your mouth. What happens? I'm gonna take the Jets. Uh, I think they. I think they. I saw people rallying around Zach Wilson on the sideline, and I saw his face. We we could talk about the sound bite that he had last year against New England when they only scored three points, and they asked him if he thought he let the defense down, and he simply said no. 
I think the game against Kansas City, you know, the Taylor Swift Bowl, as everybody else has been referring to, apparently. I I'm think going with the Broncos. People were people were coming up to him, like consoling him, like yo, especially after that holding call. After the holding call, no penalties are a part of the game, and sometimes mm-hmm. they're ill-timed. I'm not sure. The way it looked with the hand is what normally happens, but I don't think he grabbed him. I think he just had his hand there. He didn't. I don't think he pulled. I keep coming to camera. I don't think he pulled on you know Valdez Scantling. So I personally, if I'm a Jet fan, I will feel some type of way about that call. And I think people were really like the players were really rallying around Zach, knowing that they probably had this Denver game coming up, and he wanted to get a win for Hack, and he wanted to get a win for Zach because you know they might not really rock with Aaron. That keep mind now he's not doing anything for your team and his personality that we've you know we've heard over the last few years. It's not like he's a great team guy as far as like the collective. Like I don't know how many people rock with him or if he's one of those guys like like Joe Burrow. You can see Joe Burrow at Jamar Chase's wedding, smoking a cigar, doing a Dougie on the dance floor. You can see Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, whatever, just having a good time. I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is coming to, you know, Zach Wilson's Milford Palooza party or something like that. You know, he's in them, them Cougars because he went to BYU. Get your name, head out of the gutter. Uh, but I think I think the, the Jets are there. That rallied around, rallied around him, um, and like I said, I'm Denver. going with Denver. I think I'm going with Denver. I think that coming off the win last week, the way they came back and won, you know, you always talk about the relationship with Russell Wilson and the players. You know, um, I think a win like a, that. And a bear, give him credit. Well, <laughs> yeah, if, I think if a win Payton was stood at the podium and like gave Russ credit for digging them out of this hole, which what a coach should have done. No matter if you felt like you did it, you got to right, get up right. there and say, right. yo, three. You got to kiss really, the baby. Three really dug us out of this hole. We fell in early because of my bad play calls. Yeah, I think I think the rumors of, He'll I think never the say that. Rumors, I think the thoughts and rumors of Russell Wilson's demise, you know, were greatly exaggerated. Like, he's, never he's been, not the he's same never player. Injured. He's not the same player that he was. You know, you can tell that it looks different, but he hasn't, for lack of better words, I hate to say this, for lack of better words, he hasn't fallen off the cliff. Oh, you know, I but, you say uh, he hasn't hit a wall. That's, that's no, no, no. No, but, but yeah, I like Denver in this game. Um, you better not. You better not, because it took me a while to get to this point. Yeah, I guarantee you we're gonna. I'm taking Dallas. I'm taking. I'm taking Dallas over the. See, I see. (laughs) I just. I think. I think the shellacking they put on New England. Dallas is a simple team. Dallas is a heavyweight fighter. I used to work out in this gym, and I remember I was, I probably was like two twelve, two fifteen when I was working out in this gym. It's pretty good shape for me. Like, I mean, I'm a pretty thick dude. So, like, when I'm down, like, 212, 215, to me, I'm light on my feet. So, I'm in there sparring with this guy. I'm bouncing around, like, eh, eh. I'm doing all my – this dude this dude grabbed me by the shoulder and is like, man, you're too big for all that. You need to watch <laughs> Mike Tyson videos and do what he does. Like, all this bouncing, like, leave that to the little guys. That's, that's what little guys do. You need to do this. 
That's it. That's where you live. You just head movement, body, you know, protect your body, and that's it. And I think Dallas is going to be one of those teams like, you know what? We're just heavyweights. I'm going to beat you, you up you know- front. And I'm going to beat you with the run game. I'm going to beat you with the big tight end. I'm going to beat you with the big DNs. I'm going to beat you with the big linebackers. San Francisco is a cute welterweight fighter with the slants and the drags and the, the, the draw plays and the inside counters and the Brock Purdy play action where he turns his back to the defensive line. And yeah, all that, that's cute. Dallas is just going to be like, listen, man, I'm going to hit you with these, these hooks, hooks, jabs, and body blows. <laughs> You ready for they, my in-depth they, they analysis? You ready for my in-depth analysis on this game? Let's go. Let's hear it. I'm picking Dallas because it's a regular season game, but if it was a playoff game, I would pick San Francisco. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's my analysis right there. That's, that's you know, better I, than my no, heavyweight. I, that's better than my heavyweight no, analysis. <laughs> no, no, I think I think that I think that Dallas presents a lot of what Philly presented in the NFC Championship game. You know, as far as being able to pressure Brock Purdy and all that, because I mean, even in the playoff game, you know, like these last two years, Dallas has played San Francisco games. to the wire. Yeah. And they both, you know, uh, or last year's was in San Francisco. So I don't think that it's a, oh, we got to go to San Francisco. And Dallas gets a shot at the end zone if they give the ball to the umpire to spot it. Oh, two yeah, that ago, too. When, when Dak yeah, that too. The draw play, like they get at least one yeah. shot at the end zone. You never know what happens. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, and I think that San Francisco, you know, obviously is a well-oiled machine, you know, but ain't nobody going seventeen and zero. So you know, like the L, you got to lose somewhere. somewhere. And 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 this yeah. is like I said, this is the type of team that you lose to in October, just because if. If the New England game translates from Massachusetts to Northern California, if they pack all that in the the Jerry World private jets, I think they got a shot simply because a lot of what San Francisco does is based off of them having second and second and three, third one. Well, it's a lot like Dallas when they first drafted Zeke. Like big big for big plays on first down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quarterback that's, that's throwing the ball 23 to 26 times. You know, because that well, went every, 23 every, touchdowns, four picks as rookie. And I think he ran in like four more and was end up being rookie of the year. But he played, I think he played the whole, I think he played all 16 games because Romo got hurt in the mm-hmm. preseason. Yeah. So 23 touchdowns in 16 games isn't a lot. But when you marry that with the four, interceptions and then the additional four rushing touchdowns you know that's you know that's a pretty pretty good ratio and i think that's what san francisco has ability to do but that only works that gadget stuff only works second and five second and three third and two third and 12 it's you got to drop back and hit kittle or you got to drop back and maybe iu gonna good run i'm not sure like if his health is gonna be or Christian McCaffrey, well, like you just kind of keep giving him the rock. He's gonna keep running to some solid sized bodies. On, on well, well, that's why. Like team. they remind me a lot of Dallas when they first drafted Zeke, because you know I used to argue with the rest of my commander buddies, so like you know, you know, why is Dallas so good? It just doesn't even make sense when I look at them, and I'm like, because they always got third and one. You know, that's basically what it boils down to. You know, that's they it. win the first couple of downs, but also 
you know, you got Micah Parsons on the other side, you know, coming to bring pressure. And I think that some of that stuff now where San Francisco can hurt Dallas is, you know, with those bubbles and, you know, with some of those drags that can hurt Dallas, you know, because I, because if I'm Dallas, not that I'm bringing the house every play, but we're coming a lot. We're coming a lot. Like we're going to be in Brock Purdy's face all game. Pause. You know, uh, and then then finally, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, like I said, I think each team can take a play, take the game plan of Philly from the NFC Championship game where Philly ran right at Bosa. I think San Francisco can use that to run right at Michael Parsons. And I think Dallas can use Philly's game plan against Brock Purdy where they just, just kept the pressure on, just kept trying to get, try to get a pass rusher on a tight end, like blocking or some one of those like zone schemes where it's like, oh, it's a rollout or like it's, they're shifting the line to the left. If they can secure that on the front side, then you can get Michael Parsons coming downhill on the backside and, uh, you know, attacking per- Purdy and pressure him in the pocket. So, like I said, that, like I said, I picked Dallas because I just, I just feel like that is, this is the type of game after the Arizona game and then, I think this is the state. They needed a wake-up call. Yeah, they needed a wake-up call. call. And then finally, I don't know what I've been on, but I'm taking the Raiders over the Packers on Monday night. I'm taking the Packers um, because I got picked Josh McDaniels to beat Pittsburgh and he kicked that field goal. I think sometimes I think sometimes I guess you, you, you can outsmart yourself in a simple physically brutal game and you can get too deep into the numbers instead of just look at it looking at things logically. Yeah. I'm not sure what Jimmy G's health is looking like. Uh even if he like Jimmy G's one of those players because he's so frequently injured. It feels like he's always healing from something in two major parts of his body. So he came into the season with the foot issue that had off-season surgery that kind of delayed his contract and salary and, and, you know, just delayed that their whole, you know, game plan going forward with him because of this injury. And then you get well, concussion protocol. Well, it I just, like it even just, it just it just feels it just feels like I don't know if he comes back and if he does come back, I'm not sure like how effective he can be. Well, even if he doesn't, stuff. you know, I think Aiden O'Connell played relatively well against the Raiders. Like obviously he fumbled it a couple of times, but throwing the football, he looked like he was ready to play. He got sacked six times by Khalil Mack. That obviously doesn't help anybody. But, you know, I think that with Green Bay, Jordan Love, there's something missing. You know, like when you look at the numbers, they look okay. Like his completion percentage isn't that high, but his touchdown to interception ratio is pretty good for a first-year starter. But there's just something off. Like I feel like the Packers are always in a position of playing from behind, you know, like, and he has to just pull it out of his butt, you know. And I, I, I just think that the Raiders Monday night, 
you know, I just feel like it's a big stage for him. I just don't think the Raiders have. I don't think the Raiders have. I want to say pride. That's not the. Right I do word. like the fact that Green Bay has the ten day rest, though. They do have that on their side. Yeah, I just don't think the Raiders are playing quality, like enough quality football. They're not running the ball away. Well, yeah, keep in mind, Josh Jacobs was the leading rusher in the NFL last year. Now he's averaging something like mm-hmm. 2.6 yards a carry. Um, then Josh McDaniels, I'm not sure if he'll switch up his ego for the week to try to get him going to aid the young quarterback. Because if you get six sacks six times, a couple of fumbles, you got Khalil Mack and Bosa on the other side. So it's just like the Los Angeles defense has always been pretty solid bunch of playmakers. Green mm-hmm. Bay's defense has a few playmakers, but they're big up front. Granted, he does get this game at home, but most of the people in the stands at Raiders games are transient fans who came to right. Vegas and 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 built in a football game into their vacation. So like if mm-hmm. you and I go, like it's not gonna be Falcons versus Commanders. We're just gonna be like, yo, let's go to Vegas and stay through the weekend and go to whatever game is on, you know, whatever game is right. playing. So it could be simply just a bunch of people who like football. It's very similar to London. Not as bad, not as bad as LA with the Chargers and the Rams when they're basically they're you know it was like sections of Green Bay fans when they were playing. I just think mm-hmm. the Raiders, the Raiders haven't really shown much. And the same thing, they what is it? They they start off with some promise and then they get a player arrested. It's like the cycle for the Raiders. <laughs> it happens yeah. every year. And it's it happened again this year. The same thing. They start off with a promise, a couple of wins, and then you know, yeah. So, I mean, they're a yeah. legacy organization. Everyone's talking about legacy as we transition to this hypothetical statement. We're only going to spend a few minutes on. Um, I saw this on No Chill Gale's podcast, and then I seen it. Um, I believe uh, it's another TikToker named Famous Los. And the question was, would you rather have $50 million and seven rings like Robert Ory or $300 million and no rings, career earnings, like James Harden. And <laughs> I said, give me $300 million. I say $300 million and zero rings because for some reason, people have made the ring synonymous with like your lasting legacy. Mm-hmm. And yet, Robert Ory has a, a dope nickname, Big Shot Bob. But if you ask someone where did he get those seven rings and what team he was on and which team he got which ring with, people don't know. So how much mm-hmm. legacy is it if you have seven rings and people don't know if you got four with the Spurs and one with the Lakers and two with Houston or two here, one here and three here? Like, So I'm not, I'm not scoffing at $50 million, but I would take the $300 million. And zero rings because at the end of the day, you have guys like Kevin Durant. Yeah, he has two rings. Steph has four. LeBron has four. Kawhi has one. Uh, is that two? Start? Oh yeah, Kawhi has two. Pardon me. 
Uh, Giannis has one in the finals MVP. Chris Paul doesn't have one. And people treat them all the same. They just want you to get more. They want you to get more than this other player who had more. Barkley has zero. Barkley can't do anything to get rings now. But, yeah, people still bring it up as if he still has an opportunity to go out here and play championship basketball. So the argument when it comes up after the fact is like, listen, all right, I played. I didn't get any rings. That's kind of it. But I, I played a lot of years. I signed a lot of big contracts. I sold a lot of shoes. I scored a lot of points. I played a game for my job, and that job got me a third of a billion dollars. So you could take your seven rings as a, as a role player, because I think Corey Blunt has a couple of rings from the Bulls. B.J. Armstrong has a couple. Horace Grant has a couple. He didn't even like being in the documentary. Carl Malone just as disgruntled as Horace Grant, and they one has a ring and one doesn't. So it doesn't seem like the ring really solves how players feel about their own career. So I would say give me $300 million in the rings. Floor is yours. And they'll come up with some new math. I see. I see so the hands. So, because, like, it's. I, I think the whole question is dumb. Because, oh, like, absolutely, I think know, it's dumb. That we. That's just. It, 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 I think it's dumb, but it's fun because we can articulate. Well, 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 well. Like, if you give, if you give me the option of, you know, say, I don't know, being as good as, I don't know, Paul George, and I can make three hundred million. Versus being a role player like Robert Ory, seven rings, fifty million, or whatever, then the answer is obviously give me the three hundred million. You know what I mean? But if we're talking about say, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard, no, 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 like 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 Kawhi Leonard, you know, um, versus like Charles Barkley. Like, I think that Charles Barkley is a better all-time player than Kawhi Leonard is. You know, um, he didn't win a championship. Kawhi won the two championships. He's going to make more money because of the era that he played in. True. But if Charles but if Charles Barkley was in this era and the choice was, okay, make this $300 million, don't win a championship, or make $125 million and win three championships, I think that's a better conversation because when you're yeah, on that, but that level conversation makes it makes it reasonable. This is supposed to be unreasonable because it, it's it's hypothetical. So at no point well, maybe I'm just being be logical. Yeah, you are. And that's, that's, that's why we're gonna spend a lot of time on. That's why I was like, because I I understand how people are framing the question because it seems like as if there's this this overwhelming desire to defend. <laughs> Players the question is being asked in a. The question like, is would being you rather asked have Robert Ory's career or James Harden's career? Like the, the I think that I think being, the money I think the money kind of convolutes it because it's like you're looking at the just just money fifty million. But I think ultimately, would you rather be the Robert Ory of three championship teams that won seven rings, or would you rather have the MVP solo? all-star, rock star, iconic career that James Harden had versus the Rasheed Wallace career of 
I was really good on a lot of teams and what a couple of teams won chips or a couple of teams went to the finals. Like, what would well, you, what like, would you, as, as if you're a player, like you're drafted, you're drafted next June and you can, you can pick out the, the way. I would rather be is. Allen Iverson than Derek Fisher. So that's, but okay. That's the same thing. That's, that's a 300 million versus a seven rings argument. That's right. so, to me. But so so like, so I think the question I think the the question is a question that's framed in a way to, to get to the make answer like, that the person asking it wants to answer. Yeah, but if you look like, at it like, <laughs> I mean, I get what you I get what you're saying as as far as like I'd rather be like right now. Would you rather be Austin Reeves or Derrick Rose? Austin Reeves got his little money. He's going to be on the Lakers. He's going to be on TV all the time. But people like give Derrick Rose so much respect all the time just because of you know the amount of time he's been in the league. And I think the argument, I think the money versus rings argument is always huge because a lot of the old heads, not I'm not trying to be you know be disparaging, but a lot of guys right, like Barkley, right. Malone, uh a lot of those players who didn't win rings, you got Russ right now kind of in the same area, Dame Lillard going to Milwaukee. A lot of these guys the older heads, Charles Barkley didn't make $300 million. Carl Malone right, didn't make right. that kind of money. So they're looking at it like all you want to do is make money. You don't want a championship. I did everything I could to win a championship. But I'm like, yeah, but you also weren't getting these kind of checks, nor were you giving out discounts when it came time for you to get whatever number you can get in 1997 or whatever. Well, I think that's where, but, but but see, I think that goes back to boxing. I think that goes back to boxing, the, the, what you brought up and get it off my chest because ultimately, you know, like taking everything out for a quick second, when you perform a sport, your objective is to win. You know, your objective is to win championships. Your objective is to win against an opponent, whatever the case may be. So now when we talk about boxing, we can't make a fight because I want 70%, you know, but you only yeah, want to those do guys are those guys are out there by themselves. So it's like No, no, I yes, know, I know, but, 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 but what I'm saying about, though, think is, about like Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman has a has a grand legacy. But if he doesn't win two rings with Detroit and three more with Chicago, he's just a he's just a character we talk about. If he played those games in Orlando with Shaq and Penny for a couple of years and they didn't win anything, I'm not sure Dennis Rodman in a wedding dress resonates the same. But he's NBA champion, Dennis Rodman. He's connected to Michael Jordan. This is pre-social media, so now he's everywhere. He's doing wrestling and all. I don't know if he's on. I don't know if he's well, wearing an NWO shirt so, if he's playing for Orlando Magic and they're going 30 and 52. See what so I'm saying? I think so, the right, question – I think it's like it's the legacy piece, not necessarily the rings, but I think the ring conversation is a conversation we love to have, especially around. Well, I think basketball. Carmelo was the one that blurred this line because when he went to New York, you know, it was one, why'd you go to New York? Two, why'd you do it the way that you did it? And they had to give up half their team anyway. But I think people knew and, that when they gave up all the team, that he wasn't going to be able to win. No, I know that, but he knew that too. You know what I mean? Is what I'm saying. You know, so I think that he was the one that blurred the line because I think, and I I didn't want to do this, but you know, we always end up here. Yeah. Like this 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 ring stuff didn't start until LeBron came along. You know, like 
we we like like when Barkley didn't win, when Carl Malone didn't win, there wasn't social media. There wasn't like all this stuff out there. So like in, in our circles, we had conversations, but we were still like, yo, Charles Barkley is the man. Charles Barkley is better than this person, X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever. When LeBron came along and he wasn't winning a championship and all the social media, the chosen one, Sports Illustrated, all that stuff came to be, everybody was like, well, now you got to win the championship, you know? And then when he didn't, he well, that, did what he did. And went down to Miami. I think, like I said, you know, this is probably our first on-air LeBron conversation. I think what happened <laughs> with that piece, and like I said, I can't speak for him. Right, right, right. They, when he was 16 years old, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and they were televising this game with ESPN. He wore 23. Right. He looked the part. He walked the part. He played the part. And, you know, you're not, we had this conversation before. It's like, if you start kind of getting recently, and this is, this is the, this is the recent part. It's partly social media because the eighties and nineties players it's not so far off in our memory bank to where we can't remember them. I remember watching Joe Montana play games. I remember watching Steve Young. I remember Jerry Rice. I remember John Elway, Doug Williams. Uh, you know, uh, I remember the games where it's like the Buffalo Super Bowls where he lost four in a row. I remember all those games. So when we started getting social media, Guys starting getting a lot of hype younger. Guys coming to the 24 league, hour media. 24 hour media getting a lot of hype. And people are just looking at the performance of the players. Tom Brady throws the ball better than Joe Montana. And he has seven Super Bowl rings. But people will say, oh no, no, no. Joe Montana's better. Just because they want to keep Joe Montana alive. Because he's he was nipping at the heels of greatness. LeBron, he did go down to Miami. Like personally, like I said, I, I didn't like the move. But it was the it was you could tell it was becoming the only, not the only card, but it was the card that the people who were speaking publicly in the media. It wasn't this many podcasts. So the people who who had who were able to have these conversations out loud, they were like, Oh, Jordan was way better. Jordan could do this better, Jordan could do this better. But if you simply look at the way LeBron moves on the basketball court, he moves like a bigger, stronger, faster version of Jordan. And so did Kobe. Like, it's nothing wrong with that. But the championships was the only thing that Jordan and it, and it had on LeBron in that climb. It's like, well, he didn't have any chips. So when he started winning championships, it was like, oh, he doesn't have six. Oh, he lost the finals. He can't be. So as soon as these things started to happen, it's the same thing with Tom Brady. Oh, Bill Belichick cheated, so he can never be better than Joe Montana. I'm like, okay, well, he went down to Tampa Bay with a team that just was under 500 and then won a Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, who's pretty much an untouched golden child. Like, he beat Andy Reid. Everyone loves Andy Reid. He beat them. It was like, ah, oh, well, still. I think it's just, that's, that's more of it. I think people are just more concerned that the but see that works like i get what you're saying and you're not wrong but it's not like it stopped with lebron you know because once lebron won then it became like well when's durant going to win when's Giannis going to win so like it's not just the lebron thing he was just yeah. 
the genesis of because, it. You know, because and, if, you, if you because I don't think people can look at I don't know if people look at the sport. I think people look at for the most part football, baseball, and can say Babe Ruth was great, Tony Gwynn was great, Ted Williams was great, and not have the argument of who was greater, Tony Gwynn or Ted Williams. I think people just recognize that these guys are great because baseball records are like so hollowed and a lot of them aren't going to be broken. Joe DiMaggio's records aren't going to be broken. Cal Ripken Jr.'s records not going to be broken. Uh, Hank Aaron's records broken by Barry Bonds, but people have the caveat that, oh, he was doping. So in their minds, Hank Aaron is a, the home run king. Mm -hmm. Whereas these new NBA players are going to score more points than eligibility. They're going to score more points than Clyde Drexler. They're going to score more points. Like Carmelo is a top 10 all-time in points. Never sniffed the ring, but he's top 10 in points. Like, the, those other guys that were top 10 in points, Larry Bird, Elger Baylor, all these other guys that were up there in points, it mattered to them too. Guess the championships matter too, but your individual accomplishments matter too. So I think a lot of guys, when they get to this point, that's when the championship argument, because no one was, I don't think people our age, when the social media was coming around, were talking about, oh, LeBron's going to get seven championships. He did that not four, not five, not six, not seven, which was just, you know, ill timed in Miami. He was just hyping but up I the think, crowd. Like, nobody should even yeah. saw that. Yeah, but I think the the I think the previous media era generation is some of the some of the, the players who played in the era. Because Dr. J and these guys still come out now and say stuff like, "Man, Larry Bird to get these guys fifty. No, he wouldn't. Larry knows that. But Larry was giving everybody fifty that was guarding him in the eighties and the nineties. So you got to respect that. But you can't be like you, Larry Bird is not giving Kevin Durant fifty. He's seven feet tall. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be me, but I don't know if James Worthy is really covering Carmelo in the post. I don't know if some of these guys are rocking with Paul Pierce just because they are bigger, stronger, faster. I'm not saying that they weren't these these guys weren't great in their era. So when so you have the argument, when you have when you have the conversation <laughs> of fifty million dollars with seven rings versus a three hundred million dollars with no rings, I think it's a matter of. How would you want your career to play out if you no, were but, but like I think but but I I, I feel what you're saying. So I like just, like no like 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 I always tell it's people a short, if I took, it, it could if, be a short sighted if, argument if you are locked in to like oh this is no 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 but 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 like if I if I take LeBron James, you know, 2012 LeBron James and put him in 1970, he gonna look like a mutant. Yeah, I'm not you know sure, what I'm saying, I'm not, but I'm LeBron not saying in 1970 don't in look era. like that. No, no, but that's no, what I'm saying. No, what I'm, saying. Like, I'm like, not like, saying change anything. I'm just simply saying that when they they when people talk about Larry Bird and they talk about Magic and they talk about these guys who were icons in the 80s, they're simply talking about, oh man, he would give Durant 50. No, he wouldn't. Physically, it's it just it's it's not realistic. It's it's I but mean that's what I'm I saying. If you if you <clears throat> leave him as he was physically correct. But if okay. you put them in this era, they get tell, the same stuff that everybody me, no, in the era no, has. I'm not talking about you get to genetically change who you are. Well, then you you're can't have a conversation then. You can't have a conversation thing. then. The old heads are the ones that do that. That's how these conversations came about. Everybody the reason that does it. No, it was head. Everybody does it. No. Listen, Dr. J is still out here talking about, oh, my top five is this. Yes, those are the top five guys you played against. No one's knocking that. But you cannot... 
No one's telling me that any defensive tackle who weighed 222 pounds in 1970 is well, better than Aaron Donald. And an argument. Part of that is just I think part of that is just the ego that comes with sports. Like I I I, tr- I don't think that you know in 2070 Paul George is going to be like Oh yeah, those dudes would drop 70 on me. Those dudes playing right now would drop 70. I don't think he would say that. Like I don't think that but if like, you're I don't think anything, I don't think I don't think any realistic. dude in any industry in any era is going to say that the new era you, like that's just life. Like it has nothing to do with like 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 you. You as like, you know, a master sergeant or whatever, retired master sergeant. You know, there's dudes that's going to come around that are going to be more innovative than us. You know what I mean? Like just because they grew up in a different era, they're going to have different methods and technology to be able to do things that we didn't have. They're going to be they're going to speak a different language. Right, but you're still going to be like, but yo, war going on X to the Z Y, I got these things that they don't have. Correct. You know what I mean? But like, I also have but I have real it's, it's credible numbers that translate across the the eras. Like I could talk about the just people's overall happiness when we joined the Air Force because we had control of our careers. That's a tangible thing that I could get. How many bases you got to go to? How many times you got the PCS? Times you can tell you why. How many times you were allowed to get in trouble? Just just get right. just how many times you could show up to work drunk tomorrow in the Air Force. It's a wrap for your career. You're done. No, there's no excuse. No one's gonna look out for you. You showed the work a little buzz in 2005. They'll tell you to go sleep it off. They got you. It's a different era. And I, and I understand that piece. But I'm not saying that my era was better. I'm just saying like this is the era that I grew up in. It's different. I'm not saying that my tech sergeant supervisor when I was 19 was better than one now. But when I, my tech sergeant supervisor was 32 and I was 19, he actually gave me real life. Like he had a 13-year gap on me. He gave me real life advice. Now right. your tech sergeant is at 25. And your right. and and airmen are 21. They hanging out. Right. Like it's I, right. that's a tangible thing. But like the whole 50 million and seven rings is just the 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 the, the way that people I want to say they chase rings, but what what has happened is guys were winning rings in the 70s and 80s. The best teams were. Lakers, Pistons, Celtics, the Bulls got there in the 90. The Sixers mixing a couple of rings there. That's what it was. The best teams won rings, and people acknowledged the best players on those teams. No one shot down George Gervin. No one shot down uh, Isaiah Thomas when he, couldn't, when he couldn't come back from injury. It was like, it happens. You still play great basketball. Gary Payton... Before he didn't have to go to Miami and get their ring. When Carl Malone and Gary Payton went to LA in 04, everyone was like, this doesn't even look right. But people want to make it seem like it happened for the first time in 2009. Barkley went to Houston, mm-hmm. teamed up with Drexler and Lajuan. So they knew the rings were important. It's just that when they didn't get them at the end of their careers, like, oh, it's not that big a deal. I get it if that was your, your path. James Harden's been chasing rings everywhere. Shaq chased rings for about 10 years. But I think but I think that's the Miami. conversation. I think that's the conversation. Like, yes, 
old ass Barkley went to Houston with old ass Olajuwon. You know, 27, 26 year old Barkley ran around, didn't go. 26 year old Barkley didn't go to Chicago. You know what I mean? Like 27 year old, you know, Scotty Pippen didn't go to Seattle to team up with Gary Payton. I think that's the thing. Like, so everybody, when they get older, you know, chases the ring because it's like, yo, I made my money. I'm on my way out. I want a championship. I want to be a part of that. But, but like what LeBron and these guys are doing is they're doing it in their prime. They're going to team up with you. So, whereas like it's, it's a different era. It's not, it's not right. It's not wrong. It's just different. But when Jordan and them, you know, back in the 80s or whatever, you know, it was, this is Michael Jordan's Bulls. This is Patrick Ewing's Knicks. This is Reggie Miller's Pacers. And and people owned that. But also, free agency wasn't, like, it wasn't a thing. Like, it wasn't as prevalent as it is today, too. Free agency still was a thing. Guys just didn't want to. It just, on the surface, Guys didn't go play, but Tim Duncan was ready to go play with. He was ready to go to Orlando, which it was San Antonio it was, it wasn't was, acting right. Well, a lot of it was pride and ownership. You know what I mean. Whereas, like you know, with like I said, with this new era, with the media, with the Stephen A's and the Skips, you know, twenty four hour. You got to like, keep in mind, like back in like now. Teams will trade you in a heartbeat. They'll cut you to save money because they're getting so much money off these other deals. So the players are expendable. So they're trying to make these moves to, to join teams because it's like, I want to compete. I mean, Rodman did go to the Bulls. He was part yeah. of the era of guys with the Jordan rules and he was beating Jordan to break beans out and they wrote the book, but he still went there and got three rings. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about all this era, but you got to, like, you got to, listen, don't piss in my pocket and tell me it's raining. They ran around and chased those rings, too. They they took players from teams that they didn't like and did the same thing. They went and got the best. They got, he went and got, um. But like uh, I said, it's different da- because they weren't, these dudes they got weren't. got from Dallas. A lot of these guys weren't in their prime yeah, when they Magic did it, didn't, Magic didn't join the Celtics because they had to ride. Well, he didn't need to because the Lakers always had a squad. Three, it was only three <laughs> guys in that. It was only three guys in that that upper echelon superstar status as far as a global. The rest of those guys could move. Moses Malone and Dr. J were on the same team. Like the rest of those guys could move. They ended up being Hall of Famers that were teamed up. Like how all of a sudden? How did? James Worthy, Magic Johnson, Green Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Cooper, Curry, all of them end up on the same team. Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, uh, Robert Parrish. Like, um, all these guys end up on the same team. So it wasn't like some teams they, are just weren't, better. They, weren't, they weren't stacking teams or making moves to make their teams better. But, but I think it was, but like I think it was teams it was, that were getting all the good players. So, so, Kareem, so, so, Kareem, so Kareem came to L.A. Magic got drafted there. Magic got drafted there. Magic got drafted there. Worthy got drafted there. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, so they're more like the Warriors than they are like the Heat or the, or the or the Boston Three Party. Whereas, like you know, with Boston, you know, Mikael and Bird were there. Like Robert Parrish was halfway out of the league. Like you know what I mean? Like he didn't get good until he came to Boston. You know, so like it's so we look so it's easy to look back what revisionist history and be like, yo, these dudes were stacked, but it's not like the Lakers were like, Oh, 
Magic is over here rotting in Seattle. Let's go grab him. That was a draft yeah. pick. Worthy was a yeah. draft pick, you know, so on and so forth. Like, you know, whereas these dudes, like, literally are, like, like the whole, like, Heatles thing, they plotted that, like, two years in advance. Like, you know, yeah. that wasn't like a – They plotted at the Olympics. So, so, so how can you tell me, you know, speaking about pissing in my pocket and telling me it's raining, how can you tell me that you're putting your best foot forward to win a championship – when you already got plans to leave in two years. Yeah, like I said, I I did not agree. I didn't like the move. But Boston did make the trade in 07 to stack their mm -hmm. team so that they, did. they would beat LeBron and the Cavaliers. And then everyone was like, see, he can't be better than Jordan because he was nipping on the heels of greatness. Same thing with Tom Brady. He was nipping on the heels of greatness. Sometimes it's just a matter of people want to keep their icons iconic. And anyone that was even trying to dare sniff that, that realm, people started shooting them down. Those shots came from the former legends. They didn't start from the bottom. I, if I'm a, like, I never had this, I never started this conversation, but as a LeBron fan, after he was in the league five or six years, I was not barking up the Jordan tree. I think people started you saying, You weren't. Like, I wasn't, yes. You but weren't, but they, they were. Jordan, and they were like, Oh, he don't have the rings. And then the Bro, whole conversation became about rings. It didn't I become about people, anything else for every player. For every player, when I talk to LeBron fans, when I talk to LeBron fans, I ask them, or they just volunteer, you know, <laughs> what year did LeBron become the best player in the NBA? You know, so, so like with Jordan, I think there's a very clear delineation of like magic was starting to phase a little bit. Like, you know, Olympics. like I would say, I would say like that year before, but yeah, in that window, yeah. you know what I mean? Like when I ask, when did LeBron become the best player in the league? These fools be like 2005. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm sitting up here like, bro, time out. In 2007. I really still think that's early. I still think that's I, early. I, I, real, I realistically think 2007. I think 2007 I say, when he took that team. I say 2010. I say 2010. When he, when he, dismantled, when he dismantled the 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 Pistons. And that so that one game up. made him all, the best no, player. No. That the, the whole team was disbanded after that. They dudes were everywhere. They they were scattered. Boston traded to get Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, and LeBron still came out. And the Cavaliers still came out on like sixty. I think he was on his. I think that. Next I think he was years, on his way. MVP. I think he was on. Yeah, I but think he was on his it. way to becoming the best player. I don't think he that, was the best player. After, in those years after that, they won. He wasn't even near his best yet. I like I said the the my the the two thousand after he lost to Dallas is probably like his most complete season because he won the whole thing. But if you look at the team that was around him, but because for I'll keep it a bean, Dwayne Wade. I thought Dwayne Wade deserved a lot more MVP consideration. And that's what he deserved it in 09. I he averaged thirty two points. Yeah. <clears throat> Because I thought he was carrying the team. But then when you get LeBron teams to the playoffs, and it's like, man, like I said, we mentioned before, when he had Hidu Turkoglu at 6'10 being guarded by Mo Williams, 
And then you got Richard Lewis on the other side being guarded by 6'2 Delonte West. It's like this team shouldn't have won 65, 66, 67 games or 64, like 66 games or something like that. Like they won that many games because this one guy was just that much better than everybody in the league. Granted, he didn't have the complete championship season. It wasn't like what we got with James Harden where he kind of fizzled out and never got back to it. Like every year for those consecutive years, LeBron just got, he kept going back to that 57, 58, 60 wins, just getting his team back to the playoffs. And then when he started winning championships in Miami, it was like, okay, now it's solidified. But like, if you think about it, that four or five year run before his championship, it was like, it was pretty incredible. And then what he did after that, so, but he ended up with the rings. The things that, if you think about, like, like Joel and B. Joel and B. Probably won't win another MVP. I don't think, because I think he's gonna start coasting. He he do know that you can't load manage during the Olympics, right? Hey, you can, you can. You ain't got to play the game against Lithuania. You don't need to. You don't need to play against Porzingis. A lot. Is he going to play if 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 Jokic plays for Serbia and B going uh play play for Serbia? He should just no, no. Is it be going to play against? Is he going to play against Jokic, or it depends on if it's at elevation or what? No, nah, but, but no, but like trying to guard Jokic. No, but again, I think like I the, think the that, argument the argument does have a lot of the, the argument is very chicken or the egg. You know, like in in its in its fruition and how it was created, and but, I think but it's, the it's same great. thing. Like we're, we're doing a lot of argument of semantics. I but that's what I'm saying. The same. Definitive. I just think if I had to pick one. The same thing that you're saying about, and you're not, I agree with you. The same thing that you're saying about like the, about LeBron nipping at Jordan's heels and, you know, everybody was playing guard or whatever against Jordan's legacy or whatever. I feel like the LeBron fans did that in reverse to Kobe though. Like they were just like, yo, get Kobe out of here. Like, no. He can't be because, like, in one breath, it's like Kobe, he's the closest like people, thing to Jordan, and then the next Kobe minute, it's like, no, Kobe no. Kobe didn't have the public charisma that Jordan had to care. Like, even though he was doing all of Jordan's moves and his and his, he was rise better than was Jordan great. in a lot of ways. Yeah, he he was a lot of his like literally. We've all seen the videos. Kobe just didn't have the. We seen we seen he a, didn't you have know, the machine fans. behind him. He didn't, but I don't think he wanted the machine. Jordan, no, he did. He the didn't. Machine. Jordan wanted the sports car parked out front, and he's walking out with the earring. But but that's what I'm saying, though. I feel like I feel like with the the broad head and shoes, because like Kobe, Kobe's first Adidas looked looked nowhere near as good as a Jordan shoe. But he probably got Adidas because it was like he probably couldn't get a Nike deal. You know, so it's like that. That's uh, that's the difference. I think that's the difference with Kobe and why people didn't. Like didn't gravitate towards Kobe because I don't well, think even Kobe now like the media that. people are trying to bring it I back feel, now. I feel like ever since Kobe retired, you know, like way before his death, obviously, I feel like the media was on a mission to like men in black us. Like Kobe didn't happen. Like you know what I mean? It was just straight up like we went from Jordan to LeBron. Nah, I feel the opposite. I feel like I feel like Kobe of, gets I mentioned like now. Of, I feel like he gets mentioned now because I think he died. He gets mentioned but, but, a lot more. I think after the sixty-point game, and then he started doing what? 
not necessarily like deliberately, but he started like showing his personality and talking more and doing talk shows, doing Letterman, doing Jimmy Kimmel, doing these interviews and, and doing Kanye West commercials or having Kanye West in his commercial. I think people then started seeing his personality after he retired and people started recognizing like, yo, this dude literally was the closest thing we had to Jordan because LeBron doesn't play like Jordan. LeBron but I'm talking about like people. In the, I'm, I'm talking specifically in the media, about sports in the media, media, though. Is this in yeah. sports media started? Like people, people like Nick Wright, people like back. Nick Wright, people like Max Kellerman. You know, like and especially like Nick Wright being the LeBron. You know, uh, whatever. I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say Bron sexual, but like the yeah, LeBron fan that he is. Like Bomani Jones is another one. Bomani Jones, like they like, and a lot of it plays with analytics too like where they get into this like if you look at kobe's advanced numbers and like all this kind of stuff like that i you I, know. Just, I think that the argument the argument was never for kobe i think the argument was never kobe versus jordan because kobe's early success he had shaq and right. i think people believe that shaq was the reason for his early success and right. then when he started having his own success as a leader of the team, there was always the caveat of, well, you started out with Shaq and Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson, coach Jordan. So he Shaq carried you. And then Phil Jackson taught you everything he taught Jordan. So you are second fiddle to Jordan. Right. Whereas LeBron never had that upper echelon hall of fame. Right. Big right. Man, MVP right. big man nor did he have the Hall of Fame upper echelon coach or organization. So right. he was essentially getting out of the bud when Jordan was getting in that early Chicago, those early Chicago years. That's why I don't think people looked at Kobe that way because they were essentially saying like, oh, you're getting, you're getting everything Jordan got, plus you had Shaq. LeBron isn't getting any of that. And he's getting his ass kicked in the East because teams are stacked up against him and there's like nothing to do. So I think, and then when he went on his run, he went on that run, the that 07 year, but he went to the finals in those couple of years after that. And then when he went to the Heatles and then the run he had in the Heatles, the flop in the finals, and then the three years after that, and then the four years back in Cleveland, it just, it never stopped. They didn't stop right. for 11 seasons, essentially for 11 right. seasons. Right. You know, you, you know, he was, not like not out of those 11 seasons he was in the finals so i think that drove the argument more he didn't win them all but that 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 time frame considering that basketball players did get better the speed of the players did get better the shooting ability coaching all these other skills like the guys did get you know a little bit better they spread out the talent a little bit more some teams stacked up a little bit more you know paul gasol going to la was a we still know that deal was a a Laker for life deal. But I, I but I also feel like but I feel like that's the Jerry. I feel like that's a part of it too. I think that's a part of it too. I feel like people severely overrate Paul Gasol to no, just diminish because, Kobe because. But that's the thing. I think people just kind of this conversation we're longer respected, but this is what we do. Uh, I think the connection that. People it's not made like oh, Paul Gasol was weight level or something. <laughs> no, like, what, it was it was it was that same thing of oh you had Shaq and Phil got your chips. Phil leaves, 
comes back, gets you Paul Gasol, you get three more NBA Finals runs and two more chips. Even though Kobe was, if you looked at what he was doing on the court, was the closest thing to Jordan that we're ever going to see. It just was never viewed that way because the bookends of his career, you had Shaq to start out and your, your success was Shaq and Phil Jackson. And then Phil Lees comes back and your latter part of your success was Paul Gasol, the trade that a lot of people just was like, come on. I mean, we, right. we, we get, they gave him off the hook because he, they feel like he got jammed up on the Chris Paul trade. I don't know if I still don't know if that really would have worked, but you know, they people. I think people get no, for lack of a better word, a pass because David Stern and the league or whatever just didn't want that trade to happen, and then it subsequently traded him to the Clippers. Is what it is. But then he gets Paul Gasol from the Memphis Grizzlies for Paul's little brother and Kwame Brown and like eighty-seven dollars in cigarettes. And Jerry West is sitting up there smiling and just sends them off. But that's the same thing <laughs> that KG did. That's how Kevin McHale got the Boston. Right. What did, Al what Jefferson. Did yeah. Like, they gave him some scraps. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to let the Lakers out of here get better. I'm going to hook my old squad up. Yeah. So it was a lot of that going on. And it was right in our faces. So that's that's the part that I think that's that I think that's where the argument. And the argument shouldn't just be LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan. It's a lot. It was a lot of talented players. I just think that the people don't want to just kind of just really look at it logically and be like, listen, there might be a situation where you have to admit that this guy shoots the basketball better than the other guy. And this guy controls the game better than the other guy. This guy throws is more clutch in the Super Bowl than this guy. This guy's a better hitter. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can't just tell me, oh, because this was my era. I'm right, and you can't have a say. Granted, mm-hmm. most people use a lot of emotion when they have this argument or this this conversation. Right, right. And sometimes it's ridiculous. Like I saw something today, um, and it should have been a congratulatory like post. It's like LeBron's going into his 21st season, and he has less three pointers than Steph Curry. He has less rings than Jordan. He has less points and like, like less this. And I was like, why? Like, why? Like, that's, that, that's the part that I don't, I don't get is like, why, what, why, why, why is that? The no, I can, I can answer that question. I can answer that question. And then we're going to wrap that up, but I can answer that question. It's because people had to sit around for years of LeBron fans saying everything, throwing everything in their face, but they couldn't fight it because he was on top of the world. He was winning titles. He was going to the finals. They couldn't, they didn't have any rebuttal. You know what I mean? And now that he's on the tail end of his career, they can get the shit off now. You know what I mean? Is what it boils down to, you know, because, because like, because even when before, like when LeBron won, like his first title, it was just like, shut it down. He's the best player to ever play, like whatever, blah, 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 blah. And we was just like, yo, like off of that one title or whatever. Like I'm just being, you know, not being literal right now. But but that's what, but then like then when like LeBron would lose, it was always this, this, that, and the other. Like I told you, you weren't one of those people, but people used to tell me, this is LeBron's year. They're going to win. And then I would say, 
not with Mo Williams and Delonte West, they not. And then they would go lose, and then people would say, well, what do you expect? He's got Mo yeah, Williams as a saint. And I'm like, you West. knew that when you said they were going to win. And, yeah. and that's why I told you about – we had the same conversation about uh about Colorado. You know, when they beat TCU, everybody was like, oh, are they going to win the Pac-12? Is Shadura a Heisman candidate? Like, you know, whatever. But then when, like, they go play Oregon – and they go get smashed like we knew they would, you know. Then it's like, oh, you're a hater. What do you expect? It's year one. It's so like it's it's the ultimate hedging of bets. Where Le, like fan LeBron is, fans, fan is short for fanatic, and we're all yeah, so, completely so, aware so, of that. So, so with LeBron fans, they knew the shortcomings of LeBron's teams, but they believed in LeBron so much as they should because he's a great player. They believed in him, and, and but when it didn't work out. They still had this to fall back on and say, but look at the rest of the roster. And, and I'm like, but you knew you saw that roster before the playoffs started. You know, we knew yeah. that Colorado. We knew Delonte was West was six one and a half, six two. Yeah, we knew Caleb Williams was going to throw for we probably didn't know he was going to throw for six touchdowns against Colorado, but like I had him for at least five. Like we knew that Oregon was going to smack him up. Like, you know, but now hey, I didn't think Colorado would get four forty one though. You know, but but now, but now, really but now, these same people that were like LeBron's going to or uh, Colorado is going to contend for the Pac-12. Now these same people are like, well, they only won one game last year. What do you expect? He took over a mess, and it's like, yeah, and you knew that when that's you said happens. that they were going. That's what happens when you don't start off your conversation logically. If you started off logically and you stick to logic. You can have a conversation where you have given me counterpoints that I like, you know what? That's factual. I can trust that because I'm not yeah. illogical in, in, in my thought process or how I articulated my 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 piece of this conversation. Most people, right. like if we like most of our sports group, shout out to Real Sports 365 and Sports Forum, yo, know, they just literally post these memes just like Yeah, oh, like all has, night. He has less rebounds of Carmelo and it's like what? Like no one's no. All, why? All like, night. Why are you doing this? All night. You know where y'all Justin Fields haters at? Y'all gonna apologize? Like where y'all at? Like is he still trash? And it's like yo, he's six yo, and twenty three. So like let's get him. They're let's one in thirty six and twenty three. They're one in four right now, and they got Minnesota next week. So like we'll see. And Minnesota's you know gonna mean? be off that high because they're gonna beat Kansas City. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. We'll I've see. Been doing but I have my upset picks. I don't know about you, Mr. Logical, but I'm about to beat on my pillow. <laughs> Five o'clock comes real early. Yeah. So, yo, sports reports is ordered. Two five daily this weekend. NBA talk. You know, Sam, we coming at you next week. Oh, yeah. Look at that right there. Well, Happy we all out here celebrating, celebrating Christopher Columbus. Let's go ahead and get some books. Let's get our I'm read on great indigenous people, you know. But uh, you know, we'll be back Monday. You know, Sam, we're gonna have some reaction to the college weekend, the NFL weekend. We're gonna prep you for the next weekend. We're gonna get into the NBA, we're gonna talk some baseball playoffs. Go Oreos! <laughs> Peace, love, and happiness. One.